Interesting times, I guess. Interesting times indeed. <laughs> All right, now let's be a couple boys having a fucking having sip. Having a fucking sip. We've done it. We've done it. Can we have a sip? Please. I'm going to smell it. Oh, it doesn't it's not like a happy smell, but yeah, it smells pretty good though. Ugh. Welcome to a perfectly acceptable podcast, episode one hundred and seventy. You're just sticking it right in, bud. I mean, jumping right in. It's interesting times. Interesting times. Uh, where every week we record a podcast. Um, oh shit. We report. We, well, <clears throat> yeah, every week we record a podcast. Every week we record a podcast after just... having gone out to UPS, picked up a whole bunch of comic books, come no, back no, to our no, show. No, 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 no. It's interesting times. It's interesting. Nobody times. knows what happens now. Every week we record a podcast. <laughs> that is true, and the nothing end. will stop that. <laughs> Um, from the comics place in Bellingham, Washington, where we either you know uh, talk, engage in tangents either related to or unrelated to the comic <laughs> books, the shop, or the comings and goings of our lives. This shouldn't be your first episode because it's going to be unlike any of the other episodes. Or maybe it should be if you don't like if you don't like the other episodes. <laughs> maybe true. this is the best. episode. Although if you don't like the other episodes, I'm I guess just grateful that you're here. 170 Still in. Still here. Still here. Uh. I'm Jeff, and uh, we're up here doing the dang thing. I'm Django, and I don't know about anybody else, but I have probably stuck my thumb in my fist and rotated it more times this week than my entire life combined. Is that a dirty thing? No, it's it's a clean thing. How you're supposed to wash them? Yeah, yeah. Um, Right off the bat, listen. Uh, last week, episode one sixty nine, we came in. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the full responsibility of it. We came in hot and heavy with some goofs about the the virus nature of where we are, and in the week that it's been, that didn't age well. And uh, I'm I apologize for that because that was not. I don't remember. I don't remember anything. It we made say. pretty light of a, a situation that in the last week has become a lot more serious. Um, Go us. Yeah, sure. So I apologize for that because <laughs> uh, this is a pretty uh, serious, serious thing. So what we want to do right now is kind of what we've been doing with the shop in general, which is trying to not go out of business while simultaneously <clears throat> encouraging people to stay home. Just ride this thing out. Stay home. Wash your hands. Get a responsible amount of groceries. Try not to leave. Just, uh, I you know, I don't want to use the social, word quarantine. but Social distancing. Social distancing season. Um, so to that end, uh, I think that one of the only things that I can do outside of the store to hopefully help where the world's at right now is to give everybody as much company 
in those times that they are alone at their house or with their partner. Uh, just something to do, something to not feel so bored about, something to maybe uh, hopefully make make the time pass in a comfortable manner where you're not focused on your breathing. This is the safest way that you can hang out with Jeff and I for... Oh. This is the safest way you can <laughs> hang out with Jeff and me for uh, for two hours, three hours, six hours, however long we record this podcast, and uh, not get any of our germs on you. Yeah, absolutely, uh, which is which is real good. But to that end, I think we're just going to talk, and I'm not exactly sure how we're going to put this up. It might be just a giant two-hour, three-hour whale podcast. That's got my vote. Um, I'm going to probably not edit stuff out unless it's really uh, abhorrent. <laughs> but it, it, this is this is more designed to give people company, whereas when I put this thing up at other times, it's very rooted in trying to be about an hour and 15 minutes for a lot of different reasons. But right now, this is just ideally maybe this will take you three days to get into. Um, or you just blast through it while you try to take a nap and can't sleep because yeah. we're so cute. Yeah, because we're so cute. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty cute. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, buddy. Um, They're gonna hear all of the ego in this one because you're not. I'm not. You, you edit that shit out. I when fall I say on your it. ego sword. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think it would be awesome to make this a, a no stress cast the best we can. So, is there any ground we want to cover in this stressful sort of moment of the podcast before we go to an area where we will no longer be talking about it? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it'd be fun to just kind of talk about our thoughts about how to deal with this pandemic as business owners and people with hearts and uh, like an amount of responsibility that I think we both feel towards our employee community, our customer community, our city community. And I mean, you could expand that to the whole world, right? Um, and, and to that end, I guess I was really proud of the fact that Django brought up that like this business has been open for 38 years and related to that, uh, I think a lot of businesses do sort of look to us as a, a form of, of, of maybe maybe leadership or at least guidance for how to handle situations like this. Ideas sometimes. Yeah. And, <clears throat> you know, we decided to cut our store hours back to noon to six every day yep. uh, in an attempt to, well, cover the costs of running a store while also, while also giving people as much opportunity to come in and keep us in afloat as we can and kind of to telegraph that this is something that we're taking seriously like the the hours was something that we kind of struggled with because on the one hand you're cutting your hours so theoretically less people in the store but practically that could also mean that you have the same number of people in the store during fewer hours so right. creating more of a problem so to help kind of relieve that a little bit we've also started offering free delivery in town and uh, cheap delivery outside of town. And really, you know, depending on uh, on how much you're getting, it might be free delivery outside. I don't know. Whatever. Um, and curbside pickup so that people can order their stuff and, and not ever come into the store. And we've, we had a few people take us up on that today. Um, <clears throat> but the big thing concerned about cutting hours is then you're cutting other people's livelihood. Mm -hmm. uh, and we aren't a huge crew here at the Comics Place, and we cut, what, like a third of our hours? Third to a half, Third yeah. to a half of our hours, so, um, 
yeah, doing our best and making a lot of hard decisions. Fortunately, everyone on our team has been really behind it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I guess it it's basically every business and every job and every person is going through some similar version of this right now. Yeah. And and I hope that I hope that it'll be over soon, but I also hope that we can somehow trick our brains into enjoying some extra time. I've been very productive at home on the days that I had off, like working on website stuff for the store. And uh, as I look around my house, I'm like, oh, you know, I have never wiped that little bit of mold off the bathroom <laughs> ceiling before. This might be the week. <clears throat> um, and, you know, our our comic book community in town has been super supportive and just really kind. Um, and I think, I think a lot of small businesses are seeing a lot of strange ways of people supporting them this week and i really hope that um everybody's personal economy allows them to keep coming up with ways to support the businesses that you like because dragon river they need us to buy something from them whenever they can because in a couple months i need dragon river open yeah yeah and and we're really lucky to have kind of the the cash flow that we do in this store like nobody's getting rich here but we haven't had to sweat where rent was coming from in a couple of years now and and it's good to we're be back to. in that spot <laughs> we're just about to be right there again um but i think it's going to take us a little bit longer than some small businesses um who may have to uh you know get really creative in how they stay open or deciding to close so so i just about cried like <laughs> three times the day after we made that post because people called in or came in and bought enormous gift certificates to as a way of supporting our store right now i've i've been weepy for 5 days over yeah. people's kindness it it blows my mind and even in this like pretty difficult situation i am just like incredibly humbled by the community and the support that we have around us so uh, I hope, I hope that this very small drop in the bucket of a couple hours um, at least shows our intention. Uh, I've been my my days off have fallen to be actually the last like two days, uh, so I have not, I've not done anything except for read a bunch <laughs> of comics, and I'm trying to act like. Uh, you know, being in the public sphere while we're working, I'm just trying to treat every day that I'm not here as a day where if I were getting sick, uh, I would be doing everything to prevent that. So I'm sleeping as much as I can, hanging out on couches, drinking lots of water, vitamins, eating healthy food. Water? Yeah, gotta. Fish fuck in it. I know, but we gotta put it in us. All right. But, you know, like, because Django said something really smart, which is that if anyone gets uh, infected, you know, the most important thing is for your body to fight that off before it gets full-blown inside you. So treat your treat your body like it's a, a temple, I guess they say in a lot of Give places. yourself a chance. Um, and is then, that a chance thing? Is that a chance? You're trying to make a chant joke? Oh, 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 oh. The week that you're too sick to record this podcast is going to be chant week. Oh, bud. I got, I got probably 15 minutes of chance I could do straight. Cool. It'll be everyone's favorite 15-minute podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but, Django, we haven't really sorted through the books at all. This is our most free-form thing ever yeah. because we're just going to let it eat up a bunch of time. Listen, I like everybody that listens to this podcast, but fuck them. Oh, They're going to listen geez. to this in whatever order we want. Yeah. Okay, so we're not going to read out any spoiler things? Oh, well, I mean, sure, we're going to spoil some stuff, but uh, I don't know. Do you want us... I don't want to decide. Do you want to decide? No, Probably but helps I bet you in the end. I bet right now we're going to talk about decorum number one by Jonathan Hickman and Mike Huddleston. Tom Huddleston, Mike Huddleston, probably the biggest release of the week. Which 
isn't necessarily a huge statement because it's a pretty pretty small small week of comics. (laughs) Maybe you can answer a question for me, Jeff. Please. Um, In the end of this comic, is there somebody with all white skin? Because mm. I can't tell, and the colors don't do anything to help. You're right. If we got a Hickman <clears throat> book without somebody with all white skin, that I mean, would be, like with you know, they do have all white skin, but there's no colors on a lot of the pages and and on a lot of the people in there. It so. does look like the um, the female protagonist who works for the syndicate is a classic Hickman, white hair, white skin, pale as all get out person. I believe you. Man, can you imagine if, like, what we're working towards is Hickman just creating this large meta thing about this, like... Like, haha, Marvel, you're in the Image universe. Yeah, or, like, <laughs> what if what if he finally writes the series about whatever race that is, mm-hmm. you know, and it's permeated all of his works of fiction, he's been creating this omni-fiction. <clears throat> I would like that quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, so, on the topic of liking a thing quite a bit, did you like Decorum number one quite a bit? No. Yeah. No, but let me ask you something. Yeah. What's it about? Because I've had a lot of people ask me that, and it's taken me a minute and a half to explain it. Yeah, a person asked me, like, what's the elevator pitch? And I thought, oh, this better I, be need, a long to, I need to elevator. get an elevator pitch out. Need, how about an escalator pitch? I, so I guess my sort of <laughs> elevator pitch might be a minute and a half, but it's less... Exactly what happens in it, and more what the nature of it is, which is a typically Hickman far-flung sci-fi story in which he has constructed a very complex um, social, political, galactic sphere that all seems to work in a really internally consistent way. Mm -hmm. And within that, we have uh, a race of aliens going through and harvesting some type of thing from some planets, but... Particularly what this issue is about is we meet a courier, which is Django's favorite plot device. I love couriers. I did like that part. Yeah. And she is hired to move a thing from a a place to a place. That's, dude. And. All right. I just, let me cut a floor and a half out of your elevator pitch. That's what a courier is. You don't even have to say Oh, okay, it. cool. I appreciate that. Courier gets hired. Um, As she's (laughs) hired, uh, she ends up getting kind of thrown into the middle of a messy situation between the syndicate and a political alliance that has worked with the syndicate and now the syndicate has turned against him i don't think there's a whole lot more than that it is mostly a world building issue but i do think that the two protagonists were pretty likable yeah i I like both of them um they also there's a lot of time spent in the beginning talking about the way that uh this this intergalactic group has sequestered planets so that they're indigenous races can live in a natural way and how that has never really worked out super well. Right. Um, and I really liked, I liked that part quite a bit. And um, I don't know, some of the stuff that that turned me off was that it felt more complex than I wanted. The page of a uh, diagram exploding a noodle bowl pissed me off a little bit. See, um, I, I think that's him sort of, poking at people I, I i i really liked that because i think that's i think that his awareness of his brand uh-huh. is now playful like i think to me that was playful yeah i just the only thing that it served for me was rooting this in kind of a blade runner world uh, because i wouldn't have known necessarily that she was eating in noodles yeah in that scene and it's uh 
There, there was some other thing a few minutes later. There's in the, like in the, the box that is a courier <clears throat> box, and it shows that like how to get into it and what, yeah. what goes into it. Yeah, that's a little Blade Runnery. To me, it's it's his his brain works in such a way that this is just sort of unrestricted freeform creativity for him. This is yeah. like if you were to be sitting in a room with Jonathan Hickman and he was going to be trying <clears throat> to pitch you a story, right? He would go on random tangents in the same way that I do, and yeah. if all of a sudden, for some reason, you'd realize that you spent forty-five seconds with him describing how these courier boxes work. Yeah, and I'm I, always curious about like what is the germ? What what was the first scene that he saw in this? Was it that courier box? Was it the way that that woman killed all those people? No, is I it bet the it was planetary. I bet it was it was. <clears throat> What if a culture or a sphere or a political alliance was like? I I bet that he just thinks about the way systems in the future could work mm-hmm. and planetary evolution and how is our. I mean, like I think it all probably starts as a thought experiment. I think as with most things with Hickman, I think that the world building structure of it is what comes first, and right. then I think he starts creating things to live within it. It would be what that. I'd have to guess. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what I wish. That I trusted anybody in the world as much as you trust Hickman. Mm. <clears throat> I didn't care enough about East of West to read East of West. I liked it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't finish it though because it was it was too dense. Now that it's over, uh, maybe this week. Yeah, maybe this week I'll read East of West volumes one through nine. Yeah, because I did I did like the setup quite a bit. And I and <clears throat> and I liked it enough that I always intended to read it. Right. You know, Wicked and, and Divine too. Not Hickman, but yeah, I I couldn't track the density. In the first round, there is, there is like to me. I love the the graphic design and the the one page tangents about a noodle bowl. Like right. I, I I like that. And East of West didn't have that as much because yeah. to me, like I said, it's it got a very playful feel to it. But it 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 does skirt. So so I didn't say I I liked it quite a bit. Yeah, I I could tell while I was reading it. But it it did feel an amount like work and not that comics are my job type of work but like it wasn't a joyful read right it wasn't a lot of fun except for and i love i do love the textbook nature of things and and the fun parts to me were like the egg or the courier box um but it unrestrained hickman I think I've said this before. My favorite Hickman is within the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Uh, I like Manhattan Projects a lot. That's my favorite non-Marvel thing. But my favorite Hickman works are his Fantastic Four work, uh, his X-Men stuff at this point. Yeah. Um, S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, that. that's my favorite things that he has done. That's funny, because my favorite stuff of his that I've read is the like the more crimey, grimy stuff. Yeah. Like Black Monday Murders. Oh, yeah, that, that's a really good one. And uh, some of those those one-shot yeah. four-issue series that yeah. he did. Yeah. Um, yeah, we both we both just juice a different part of Hickman. Yeah, and and I think that's awesome. As I was reading this, I'm very excited for it. It also felt like a book that I could say I'm going to wait for this in trade, mm-hmm. and then might never get to. I plan to I plan to keep reading it. Yeah, I mean I obviously <laughs> plan to. Yeah. Let's talk about the art though. Yeah. So the art. It's all over the place. It's all over the place. And at first, they sent us a PDF of it, and I got like four pages in, and I thought, I can't. I, I generally <laughs> ignore our PDFs when we get them because I just get so much more out of a comic book when it's in my hands. Yeah. This is 
all over the place. There's these gorgeous watercolor, incredible scenes. And then there's panels on that page where it's like Jim Ma food, like graffiti sketch, all white backgrounds, black and white with just a red cape. And, and zip a tone. Yeah. It's, and, and then there's beautiful watercolor stuff. And then there's just Hickman graphic design stuff. Oh God. The, the page uh, in the maps category, there's four maps. The second yeah. map is the pyramid locations. I loved looking at the pyramid locations relative to how long they'd been there, the way that colors were clustered in different ways. Oh, yeah. Like, <clears throat> that's the kind of stuff that, to me, you know, makes me think that he builds the world first. It's just like, all right, yeah. what if things were hidden here? How would they move? And they would sort of, the newer things would be grouped to a region, and the older things would be out, and culture would have, you know, loops to different things. Like, that's that's the kind of stuff that I... I really enjoy because while it not, might not be the story itself, it is I it's can watch world. someone's processing. Like I can see his brain make that. I spent a long time trying to match up the floating world and the chapter breaks with segments of the main maps. Spoiler alert, you can't. <laughs> I was going to say, I can't think for sure what that means. Like even. like this shape on the floating world. Oh, I was like, yeah, is yeah, this yeah. inner black part part of the main map? No. Okay, what about, what if I add the outer gray area? No, still no. I went back and forth and back and forth trying to make those fit inside each other. I, I, do, I do love his graphic design. And I do love the art in this book. But I do think it's challenging. Oh, yeah. And just the fact that there's only, like, oh, this this panel right here with the, the crime noir light on the woman's eyes. Yeah, the first page of the chapter three section, which has the beautiful sort of the town. And in three infographics, it has, like, the seedy aspects of sin, like yeah. sex, drug, gambling, like, uh, was, was beautifully illustrated. But the bottom panel on that mm-hmm. is Rachel from... Blade from Runner. Blade Runner, yeah, like right. it's 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 the crime noir mm-hmm. eyes lit, um, and and that made me connect back to the noodles. Yeah. I don't know if that's what he was trying to do, but it it definitely got me there. It, uh, yeah, I'm I'm torn about the art because I think it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's super easy to read. I'd like I, more colors, I, and that's my thing. Is as with all things, I don't love black and white because it gives like I love Terry Moore's black and white. Mm-hmm. But when it's like kind of empty backgrounds, like like I've talked about the Dodson's art, it can feel it can give it an unfinished feeling. And there were aspects of this that made me feel like it was unfinished, and that's why yeah. the colors weren't there. <clears throat> that being said, there was a moment where I was reading this where it all clicked into place art wise, and it it yeah. stopped being off putting in any way. And I was just like, oh, this is great for what this is. And I loved the violence. Like the violent parts were pretty. Oh, Django liked the violence. Well, just like stripping the dudes arm oh. off to the bone and leaving his hand yeah. meaty and then stepping on it that's that's some stuff i haven't seen before yeah and then the the next issue spread looks pretty rad like with uh the man with no name in the far far future and that's the one that looks just like east of west to me down to like the giant pillar yeah. with the you know like <laughs> it, it which is i liked east to west a lot but I never got out of a single issue right. what I really want. Right. And so I think it might work better as a collection, but Yeah. Well, I, I give it a seven. Um Yeah, it 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 was a little too all over the place. I'm guessing that this is gonna work really well once once we have a few issues under our belt. Um and maybe this 
you know, my complaint about things being a zero issue instead mm-hmm. of an issue one. Mm-hmm. This, my complaint here might be that this is uh, part of issue two and part of issue four is how it felt <laughs> Hickman, to me. <laughs> Hickman does a nonlinear thing like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a personal preference more than, more than a condemnation of the comic. I think, I think this is exactly what a lot of people want. When I finished reading it, I think I probably would have given it 8.5. The longer I've spent with it, I'm going to give it an 8. Mm-hmm. Like, it is very cool, and I think it's a lot of what I want in a comic. But I also, yeah, have some reservations about it as well. Like, uh, I hope that I can keep up with it. Yeah. Well, do you want to keep the Hickman train rolling, or do you want to bookend this thing with the Hick- Hickman? Let's let's um, well yeah let's let's keep the Hickman train rolling because I don't have a huge amount to say about Hick- Hickman's uh, X Men number eight with art by Mahmoud Osrar, oh, who is an artist I like a lot. I don't like the Brood. I don't like the Brood either. I like this issue a lot. I, I liked it a lot too. Love the Brood flying around in desiccated corpses yeah. of some sort of space fish. Um, and I really like the tricks when, when shit goes down and the brood is attacking Krakoa and, uh, the team goes to fight. I, I'm just a sucker for portals that point in the wrong direction. And when magic makes a bunch of portals and, uh, Cyclops, Cyclops is shooting in. through them, he's just like, aim them, aim them somewhere that's not going to hit any of our people. Cause I'm not holding back. And he's just like shooting from random holes in the sky at the bad guys. I love that. I really like obviously the series. I like the art a lot. I love Hickman's writing. I don't I don't love the brood and I don't love the Shi'ar and I don't right. love the Star Jammers. Right. And and all of that is stuff that I don't love. And they were all in this issue. They sure were. Yeah. And just for you. I I don't begrudge it that at all. Uh, because I I still enjoyed it a lot and it made me excited for where we're going. <coughs> but it, it seems like it's an adventure that maybe I I don't. I'm not incredibly, incredibly excited to. This portion of the journey doesn't sound like you know when you stop at a rest stop you like, and then you know that you got like two hours before you're back in any interesting portions of the road trip. Right. It's like maybe we're about to go through Eastern Washington, you know, from <laughs> Spokane to Ellensburg. I uh, I have a hard time with the the Brood and the Shi'ar and the Star Jammers, mostly because I don't understand the characters and don't care what their motivations are most of the time. Mm-hmm. This time the brood's motivation was very clear, and I liked it. I liked the kind of unrelent potential unrelenting nature of them, and and how quickly the X Men are able to figure out what to do about it. Yeah. Um, and then I <coughs> I pretty much completely tapped out when the Star Jammers showed up. Yeah. Like that uh, with Costa. I don't know. Corsair. The, no, the the kid oh from Remy Lacosta, Re- yeah, you're Acosta, well, yeah, Remy, yeah, <clears throat> the the kid from New Mutants. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't fucking stand him. I don't want to read anything he has to say. Um, but yeah, but I, I like I like the the way that they did it. Even even Mohawk dude, Omac Gladiator. God damn it! Uh, even that Omac scene I liked a whole lot. Yeah, uh, maybe we can get Andrew Carlson friend of the show to tell us how many times I've made that particular mistake. Yeah, Andrew Carlson is on the cusp of being episodes? on the episodes. Yeah. He's, we're going to do a data breakdown with Andrew Carlson coming up here. Oh, uh, what are you of doing the tomorrow, show. Andrew? And and that's it, you know, as I'm sitting at home and as I'm working, you know, shortened shifts, one thing that I just feel all I want to do 
is something that feels like it's going to benefit anybody. So if any, like, I just want to record podcasts for people to give them either be inundated and tired and start missing them. But I just like the last two days I've been home and I've just been like, somebody give me a podcast. Like I'm out of podcasts. So I, I have a lot of ideas for ways to just get some media out to you guys to hopefully keep people distracted from thinking about shit that's going to bum them out. Can I pitch something? Please. And I have no idea if this is going to work in the current landscape, but some Facebook live shows with back issues. Yeah. I think you and me doing an hour on Facebook, just being fun and talking about these back issues that are for sale. Yeah. I think that would be a blast. And bundles. Bundles. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, yeah, I want to give people the feeling that they're still coming into the shop and and just that like for as long as this store is still able to be in business that is because you folks like I, the number of messages i've got from people trying to figure out how they can support us is like overwhelming and it makes me feel hashtag blessed really <laughs> and uh yeah it's also a hell of a time to have seasonal allergies which listen jango's been coughing a lot for like a month so nobody get freaked out he's not dying we're gonna he's okay no fever no fever. No fever on this beaver. How about shortness of breath? No. Good. No. I walked up a long hill today, <clears throat> and I had shortness of breath then. <laughs> uh, well, Justin's eating <coughs> sadness dessert. Nice. What is sadness dessert for Justin? Uh, gosh, I don't know. Roman um, was going to be here today, but he forgot about it and uh, made dinner instead. What is your sadness this is a low point of the podcast. Yeah, well, listen, everyone, we're just keeping y'all company. Stay with us a little bit. Yeah, smell it. Listen, Jeff, I forgot before. First, let's give some scores to this X-Men. Yeah. I'm going to give this issue a seven and a half, maybe an eight. I'm going to give it an eight. I really, really like the Brood's mode of transportation and, yeah. and Cyclops and Magic's trick. I'll go eight because I did like... I haven't disliked an issue of this series yet. <clears throat> yeah. I'm I'm constantly surprised as as somebody who doesn't know or care much about the X-Men by default, I'm constantly surprised at how much Hickman's been able to get me to care about characters that have just been in the very far reaches of my knowledge. So we're back at it. We just got some bad news. Maybe maybe everybody's got to close their doors for a mandatory period of time. That's not so bad because it's ultimately hashtag flattening the curve. And we've got comic books to keep us sane. I cannot wait to finish our stack of books here to talk about the big old comic fest of reading that I did this morning. And maybe you'll leave that in the podcast. Who knows? That 10 minutes of us Who getting knows? that bad news. I mean, I think one of my favorite moments of the podcast in the last uh, four years has been when we went into the podcast thinking there was no way Trump would get elected. You know? Is that an episode? Yeah, we we started the podcast on election night. But have you listened to it? Is it good content? jokes about it. It's it's just eerie content now. Yeah. Like I think I think that's the most interesting. I'd have thing. to edit it out and cut it into the beginning because we're trying to create an oasis of not stressful <laughs> time. We're trying to create a very peaceful oasis right here talking about <clears throat> jay hickey doohick love I, a hickman book can i tell you what i forgot to do when Please. we were talking about decorum yeah i hardly know him oh such a good bit it's such a good <laughs> bit <laughs> roman's oh, not here sides. right now oh, to receive his birthday present which is oh. his own barry what's his name um well we didn't want to name him but we oh. did buy one for roman and one for sam's nephew nice. and then a third one for ourselves so that we could wash it to see how being washed affects it, to see if we could wash our other five or four bears. And the one that we bought, uh, I started calling David Talking Bear. 
and his song is David Talking Bill. I'm talking here and I'm talking there because I'm <laughs> David Talking Bill and I'm talking my way downtown. Nice. And because of that, we started calling Roman's bear Derek Talking Bear. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. Yeah, David and Derek. So Roman's is Derek Talking Bear. But I also want Roman to come up with his own name for it. And, and Derek, hopefully he will by the time he hears this episode. Yeah, well, he's not going to listen to it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm really excited for Roman to get his uh, his talking bear as well and to see what he names it. And actually, I'm now super, super bummed to give this bear away because we've totally bonded with it. There have been nine of these bears at our house for the last like three weeks. How do you tell which is which? They're, they're, we know all of them. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, Justin's dessert. Sadness dessert, by the way, is tiramisu. That's yeah, a very good Justin dessert. Gluten free. Well, that's yeah, the sadness yeah. part. He does love, he does love uh, gluten free things. I, I feel like he's similar to me in that, like, I don't really seek out meat. I don't love meat, but I'm not a vegetarian. He, just, I just, I just really like vegetables, and I think he just really likes not. I gluten. ate an entire fucking beet before I came down oh, here. No, I boiled beets. Sam and I were like, "Listen, we're not panic shopping, but we should get some groceries just because I don't want to go to the store in the next six days while everyone else is freaking Roots out." Roots don't go bad. So I bought a bunch of beets <clears throat> and I boiled them all, and I have nice. had what I call blood slugs for the last <laughs> couple of days. <laughs> because your poop is a beautiful magenta, but it also looks like it's bleeding. So blood have, slugs. Have I told you the story about when I had a bloody nose in college? Yeah, you have, I think, on the podcast. Okay. Um, Did you cut it out? I don't know. Okay. But you know what? I don't know who was listening back then. It, you, you told that story when we were recording in the office. Get us another, get us oh, another go. Oh, it was just, just like a 45-minute-long bloody nose that soaked up, soaked an entire roll of toilet paper. Didn't like a small thing happen and then that? <clears throat> yeah, like I had a little bloody nose and then, yeah. It was, it was like, I mean, you know how big a roll of toilet paper is. <laughs> completely soaked in blood. Listen, like there's a lot it of out. people right now who don't know how big a toilet That's paper true. roll is. That's true. And then afterwards, after I had missed an entire college class because of a bloody nose, That's what it was. I wiped my nose on my knuckle and like a four inch long blood slug came yeah. out and it all started over. Yeah. It was, it was one of the loneliest things I've ever felt. You'll never have to feel that way again. You're surrounded by people that love you. Yeah, you can watch me. Yeah, I mean, I'll Watch be there me for bleed. you either way. Um, so where do you want to head next? Oh, we've, we've done the Hickman stuff, so we've covered what I love. Well. I caught up on issues three and four of Hawkeye Freefall. I haven't me, read three. Tell me about the new one, because I I think I really liked three, but I haven't read four yet. Three had the hijinks about the time travel. Right. We learned that in number three, he has had this device that boomerangs, a temporal boomerang. Mm -hmm. He gets taken uh, forward in time an hour, mm -hmm. and then after the effect wears off, he comes back to his point in time. And he's been dressing up as Roman to steal from the rich and then do beneficial things for other folks um, w with the funds. And at the end of issue three... Because he's been stealing from the hood, the hood has been murdering people left and right, looking right. for Ronan, who's Hawkeye disgu disguised as. And Ro er, Hawkeye shows up to a room that the hood has just murdered a bunch of people in, and Daredevil is there. And right. Daredevil says, this is bad. And then Clint thinks to himself, this is bad. And that was where issue three ended. Issue four starts with that <laughs> interaction. And so spoilers, everyone, because that's what we do. <laughs> it's there's a great interaction between Hawkeye, Ronan, and Daredevil where Daredevil knows he's talking to Clint, 
but because he's blind, he can't tell what outfit he's wearing. Right. So he doesn't know that he's dressed up as Ronan at that point. So he's talking about, like, where is Ronan? What are they going to do to find him? He's like, you seem nervous, Clint. Like, what's going on? <laughs> and that whole scene is great. Uh, what is what is really apparent in this issue to me, the tone of the whole series, like, really locked in. And this mm-hmm. is, like, a very funny action romp. Yeah. Also, Matt Rosenberg loves time travel. Oh yeah, he did. He did multiple, multiple man, man, and this is like very in line with that because we've got in this one we have an LMD Clint, life model decoy Clint. Right. We've got time traveling Clint. Right. He recruits a scroll to get dress up as him, and there's him. So this like there's like four Clints at some point in this, and it's Otto Schmidt. Yeah, who <clears throat> I love. It is a di- it's a good departure from his really typical style, but I even this, which I'd like a little less than his DC style, I like more than most comic book art. I kind of wish that this series had more well-defined characters because like after at the end of issue two, we couldn't tell if it was the same Clint because he, because a, the art doesn't super tell you and B we couldn't tell if he had the same beat up black eye and a couple other things. I don't know if you're still having that problem in number four. Well, I remember you having that problem in issue two and then we talked about it and you were like, no, I'm wrong. Um, But then I was wrong again when I read the next issue. So, so, yeah, yeah, which which doesn't mean which only speaks to the fact that if you're experiencing something, there is truth to that experience. So mm-hmm. I, I do think that there is some confusing stuff there. I haven't run into it too much, but I read really slow, mm-hmm. and and that's just by nature sort of how I read. I read really fast, which means you're able to generally read a lot more books, which I'm envious of. This is this is I really like this. I like this clint tone a lot this is a very sexy book yeah in issue three which i just read but you had read but there's just like the great scene of the girlfriend the night nurse showing up and he's got the kid (laughs) he's recruited and it's just like everything keeps falling apart with her yeah yeah Yeah. um which listen everyone make your best decisions chase your bliss but i did do a little reconnaissance and sexual intercourse is a fantastic way to strengthen your immune system i sent the article about it to django yesterday does it have while to be reading with a person issue. or is it i think so i okay. think because it said that it, it introduces bacteria that uh your body then starts producing antibacterial forces okay, and, so and antibodies kinda... for against viruses as well primes the pump in so many ways exactly exactly in so, so many words in so many ways that was actually while reading this hawkeye issue that i looked that up and sent that message to you nice uh you know it walks this this issue walks the line of almost being lost in the weeds but one like we're not there yet but there's multiple man i think did get there multiple man lost me two and a half issues in. yeah of the five like it it was and that was a bummer because i liked a lot of aspects of it i think that it made sense and sense in matt's head but i think that it was a little bit hard to get on the page um that being said I also, while reading this, there was a moment where, like, gosh, I think it was last week or maybe the week before on the podcast, we were talking about something, and and I just I felt like a, a little bit like I had a hard time knowing why we were where we were at certain times in the issue. Like, right. th- there was a little bit of causality. I bet Andrew Carlson, friend of the show, could tell us what that was, but there was something in the last two weeks where I liked it, but... Um, oh, maybe it was that giant size X-Men Doubterman issue where it was just like I had a little bit of a hard time tracking why we were going from one spot right. to another. Rosenberg is getting better and better. There was no point in this issue where I was at all confused why anyone was where they were. Mm-hmm. Everything seemed to make so much sense. He, yeah. he didn't 
he didn't waste time spelling things out and make me feel like he was putting too much exposition into it. But there was a real fluidity to just like, I, I'm really impressed with his ability to be clear as a comic book writer and not yeah. make people confused about what's going on. Where I think Hickman is almost maybe the opposite, which is like you have to have a lot of faith <clears throat> in him yeah. to not question it. You have to push through and maybe read it twice. Yeah. Rosenberg, yeah. like, I was just like, oh, cool. Now we're getting this conversation is setting this up. And it didn't feel like a formulaic way for that. So I, this is just a really fun book. It was easy for me to have missed an issue and then be excited to read two back to back. Yeah. And catch up. It, it works really well that way. I, I really like this series. It's probably, like, I really like the the Fraction Hawkeye run. Yeah. I need to reread it because, like, I think half of it I liked a lot. Yeah. And half of it I didn't care for as much. And this one has all been a lot of fun. Nice. I, I always like it when I am an issue behind on something and I get to read two in a row. It, it totally changes the experience. Yeah. And mm. it... Yeah, when I have the time to make sure I can read it. I kind of wonder what it would be like to read comics the way that Jay does sometimes, mm. which is he'll read it as it comes out, but he'll read the previous issue and the newest issue. He kind of like leapfrogs backwards when he's reading comics. He always advertises like <clears throat> how little he knows about comics and stuff, but he knows more than most people at this point. And yeah. I really admire the way that he reads comics. He does it yeah. slowly, and he reads them all twice. With purpose. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, I really... Really admire that. I would give Hawkeye Freefall an eight. Yeah. Like it's just a fun book. The characters are great. It almost feels like it got out of my hands, but it never actually did. Nice. And and I hope that I hope that it doesn't. But I also hope this stays as an ongoing. I watched a video of a dude walking into a room. David walking. No. David talking bear. No. Dude walked into a room and started to trip, and the camera just pans across like most of a basketball. Um court of him trying to regain his balance and falling towards the stage and uh it was epic you want to see something epic yeah sorry everybody Is that the right one? Is that a guy almost falling for the longest for the amount of time? Forever and ever. <coughs> oh, it's good. That's really good. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this guy almost fall down. For 10 whole seconds, he almost falls down, buddy. Link in the show notes. Yeah, ridiculous slip while shoveling snow is what you're looking for there, everybody. YouTube's your friend. Um, I thought it was going to be the one where the guy like slips and then slides all the way down his driveway to the bottom of the hill. Oh, good for I him. I love that one. Uh, all right, Django, I did Hawkeye. Where do you want to head next? Well, gosh, I want to talk about safe... I want to talk about Punisher. Well, no, 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 no. Take it back to safe sex because I'm so excited. I haven't read this since they brought the guest artist in around issue four. It was like issue three. It was so long ago. And I would say you you might still be digging it. Okay. Um, It's, I don't know. I, I have really kind of mixed feelings about this series because it, it does kind of lean on sex in a weird way while presenting it as like I don't I don't know exactly how to how to get this out of my mouth. <laughs> um, oh Derek talking bear loves that. I, I guess the message seems to be that 
sex should be no holds barred with consenting adults, right? And the way that they use sexual imagery to elicit uncomfortable responses goes against what I think the theme of the series is. Unpack that for me. So like they're 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 using sexually explicit imagery to shock you while they're telling you that you shouldn't be shocked by it. And and that really is in the first issue when I was talking about this and I was trying to express my concerns yeah. about it. It's 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 very progressive and open-minded and then also a little bit the opposite of what it's shooting for at the same time. Like, yeah, I think I think you grok that way before I did. But they're like, they're using sounding, which if you don't know what that is, I don't, I don't know if I should tell you or if you Google it, you're going to ruin your Google history forever. It's inserting a thing into a dude's urethra, maybe a woman's urethra too. But they're using that as torture. But also that's something that like some people get off on. Yeah. And so to kind of muddy those waters in this particular thing and show it as this horrible thing, when it's also something that the characters should be kind of into right. or like open to, I guess. They don't have to be into it, but they I would expect most of them to be like, yeah, dude, if that's what you like, then, uh, right. you know, I got some AA batteries for you. <laughs> um, oh, man. <laughs> I've heard about the double A batteries. Yeah, for me, it just that when you're talking about something like sex and you're and you're wanting to push the agenda of open mindedness, mm -hmm. I think the last thing that you want to do is draw a line for sides for what side are you on? Right, and that's kind of they're they're kind of taking current and and past politics and kind of social norms and following them to the 1984 extreme right like it's it's very 1984 right. and <clears throat> that's cool i like i like the I, I like the concept behind all of this some of the execution seems a little bit some of it seems just stupid heavy-handed like uh some of the bad guy derps are carrying tiki torches i'm like that's that's maybe a little on the nose and modern for this this story and and then some parts of it just seem like i don't know they're 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 using things in a backwards way from what they mean to yeah i just think that as <clears throat> soon as you are sort of talking about open mindedness and you create a bad guy mm -hmm. you're not being open minded and right. and and that's, I mean, these that's guys, complex <laughs> because closed-mindedness is the enemy. Right. And, and I'm excited to talk about these other books that I, that I read. Um, but in that, there is a clear bad guy. And I do think that at times, you know, like you can, you can express closed-mindedness as the bad guy. Right. But this sort of has um, – this sort of has some – some personality traits tied to bad guys that I don't necessarily think yeah. is fair. Like like you're saying, some people want to put a thing in a pee hole. Yeah. And I think that they thought that that was clearly this is a torture device, but also it's a torture device hey. to 98% of people, but 2% of people. And when we're trying to write a book that's about the 2% of people, right. you've already excluded that that group of people. And that's that's sort of... Yeah, sort of the danger. I think that that's where this book has fallen flat to me in yeah. the past. I think the intent of the book is really good. 100%. Like, I agree with what they're driving at. They're just doing some things that, that kind of muddy the waters for me. Um, 
I prefer the way that sex criminals has approached sex. That was the that was the comparison I wanted to draw, which is that I think that sex criminals has done it <clears throat> where they created a sort of motley group of heroes that all have a different sexual proclivity and there's not really any sexual proclivity that is the bad guy. Right. It's control of, that is the bad guy. Whereas in the, in this, and even in the early issues, they sort of paint like if you're a cis hetero person who oh, that's all you want to do, you're kind of, if not the bad guy, a restricted person. And it's like, yeah. also, that is just some people's lifestyle as well. And I don't think we should make them feel bad Some as people well. are... Like, just fetishists for missionary position. Yeah. <laughs> if you could have seen his eyes as he said it, folks. So what do you give it? Uh, I give it a seven. It's real dirty. Like, if our conversation hasn't told you, it's pretty dirty. It's pretty dirty. Um, I like dirty things. I like kind of, you know, fight against the man sort of stories. Um, I love any any time that I'm holding a thing that makes me feel like I'm not supposed to be holding it. Oh, yeah. There's somebody's hand in this that you can't see because it's a place and like, yeah, I shouldn't own this. Give me, give me another one. <laughs> if my mom saw this, I'd be in trouble. Oh yeah. Oh, wait, I'm oh, a 30 yeah. year old. If my mom saw this, she'd pretend she didn't see that I had it. Man, at this point in my house, I have a bookshelf that is specifically for the things that I got because I don't live with my mom anymore. That's awesome. And <clears throat> she comes to my house to house it for my cats. Like last weekend when I was on Spokane <laughs> and I was just like, Oh, I guess I, I, you know, the other side of that is now that my mom knows I have all this shit too, which is great, I guess. But anything goes. I don't really hide anything. Uh, I had a buddy who the big book of pussies, Jeff. What is this? <laughs> I had a buddy who um, ended up with uh, also got the big book of dicks. A giant butt plug. It was you got called it. the Intimidator. Yeah, it was like the bottom of it. Intimidator. Was... <laughs> I don't even plug her. <laughs> It was the size of a peanut butter jar, like a like an oversized <laughs> Adams peanut butter jar on the on the bottom, and uh, but it was like so comically large. He just kind of ended up with it. it. It wasn't like a like a serious purchase, as far as I know. Um, it was so large and stupid looking that when his family came to visit, he would just put it next to the candles. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody would know that he had the biggest butt plug in the entire world sitting there. Well, listen, marijuana is legal, so no one judge me. But that's what I do with my bong at this point. Like, I just got a <laughs> line of photographs, and I just put the bong right behind it, and there's just like a nice-looking glass cylinder that comes up behind it's it. It's a vase. It's a vase, exactly. <laughs> Mom wouldn't know. Um, speaking of shocking imagery, please. I read Punisher Soviet number five. This is a book <clears throat> that got some positive acclaim by people we trust. Yeah, Garth Ennis and Jason Burroughs. Um, it's been good. I'm, it's I'm, been gross. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't stick with it because I love Ennis and Jason Burroughs. I like a violence. Lot. Yeah. Oh. Um, I mean, <clears throat> to be fair, I think that a lot of the you almost did I it. did. I did almost do it. <laughs> but I thought I'd save it for our conversation. <laughs> um, a lot of Garth Ennis's Punisher stories in the last few years have felt less like a Punisher story and more like a story he had knocking around that he could put the Punisher in. I agree, yeah. Um, which no one's going to buy it if it's, if it's just a Vietnam comic, right. but if I put the Punisher in it. <clears throat> yeah, and that's not a bad thing because I think he's really good at coming up with those stories, and I'm grateful that he's able to put them out in a way that a lot of people will actually read them, mm -hmm. you know, because if, if he just put out that Punisher born, no Punisher Vietnam story that just came out. Not too long ago, Yeah. The platoon. If he, if he had put that out and it was, it didn't have the Punisher on it, you know, we would have had five people reading it. And right. as it is, I think we were selling out at 
15 or 20 yeah, some, yeah. something like that um <clears throat> and this one's the same like this doesn't have to be the punisher it could just be an ex-military badass um because it's disconnected from the marvel universe in pretty much every possible way and that's my favorite punisher corner is when he's all on his own um this just keeps following the story unexpected people die he he just treats side characters in uh in a respectful way like he knows that these characters have lives and histories and even the dirtbags he's got you know a, a good backstory for them on the page whether it's written out loud or just kind of drawn in the background um and when people die in this story, you actually feel sad, whether they're the good guys or the bad guys, and whether it's Grizzly like getting cut almost in half with a helicopter blade or committing suicide and you know jumping off a cliff with no gore at all, just they're there and then they're gone. Both of those had like emotional impact for me, and that's fuck. It's a it's a stupid comic about people with guns like i think that what didn't sell me on it is that it's punisher modern day uh-huh and Pun- punisher modern day really does turn me off as a yeah. character i am interested in what and what formed him and his time at, at war mm-hmm. but i am bummed out about punisher like I, <clears throat> you know here like i'm bummed about the people who drive around with blue punisher symbols on their cars because yeah. it's like i don't know <clears throat> i think he stands for something that i think is not super great but but also when it's Garth Ennis, it's always good. I would say, I would say you could dig this this book quite a bit. Um, and I, I know and there's I a would. lot of flashbacks to older war and older combat situations. Yeah. Um, and I don't think Garth Ennis is writing the Punisher that those people who you know think think the cops should be Punisher. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> Garth Ennis is coming back to write more boys. Yeah. What do you feel about that? Because I have never finished. I've read one paperback of the boys, you know, before I worked here, and I would love to finish it at some point. But he, he's coming back. It looks like it's at least a mini series, but maybe ongoing. Yeah. What, I, what I do got you the feel? feeling it was five or six issues. I don't think it's necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, Cash grab. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, maybe I got Dynamite cash grab, less Garth Ennis, but I feel like with the show's success, Dynamite was maybe like, Garth, you want to do more? Please do more. We'll do. This, we'll pay you this much to do more. Yeah, like I trust him to do something compelling and and good. My biggest problem with the boys is I think it was twenty five issues too long. I think it would have been a lot better, a little more succinct and a little less gratuitous, which kind of takes some of the teeth out of it because the the point was how gratuitous it could be. Right. Um. <clears throat> I'll read it, and I may even brush up on the on the boys' comic when I'm reading it because that was an amazing comic and and saved me from stopping comic books altogether I at would, some point. I would love to read that in our government enforced vacation. I got the issues if you want to borrow them. Mm. You fucking coward! I don't want to <laughs> pack around issues because I don't want to lose your issues. I, don't give I a would shit feel about so that. bad. <laughs> well, we have a whole other set in this store, probably. Yeah. I would rather read the omnibuses, but yeah. But the thing that you miss in the issues is that it went from being published by Wildstorm DC, and then when they kill a dude who's got a gerbil in his asshole, d- duct taped, and they showed that on the cover, they said, all right, guys, that's it. You're you're done. And then it switched over to Dynamite. Yeah. So like little things like that, you're going to totally miss out on that if you read it in the trades. 
I don't know that I would have noticed that if I read it in the issues, bud. Um, so what, what do you give Punisher Soviet? Uh, I would give this issue probably a seven and a half. I would give this series so far an eight. I think it's just one more issue. And um, yeah, I I understand why you don't read it. I, th- I think I think you're mistaken, I would love though. It. I would love it. Yeah. I, I know I would like it. And uh, the old Punisher Max series by Jason Aaron. Yeah. Holy cow, that's a good story. I have three of the four Punisher Max by Innis volumes that I haven't read yet. Um, nice. You want to borrow the issues for the other ones? Because I, I got don't. all those. I don't. I, we got enough damaged copies of those omni- like those oh, older editions yeah. in as they were coming in <laughs> that I was able to get one, two, and four as damaged copies. That, nice. Yeah, it was, it was very nice. Um <clears throat> Another question I had come up while while you were doing that, Django, you don't you had a piercing at one point? I I've had two piercings. Okay, where? <clears throat> um, I had one in my ear. Okay. I went up to Claire's in the mall and I got my ear. I pierced. I got mine at Silver Safari in the mall. Nice, basically the same. I had them gauged out. Did you? you? Know? Yeah, they had yeah. to have been gauged out when we met, man. I had like <laughs> I could fit pencils through my ears. I think I remember I had, that. I had like big fat. Why'd you take them out? Um, same reason you got your hair cut. I just re I don't know. At some point, at some point, it felt like a type of person gauges their ear, mm-hmm. and it didn't feel <clears throat> like a. It, it felt like I was more. I was excitedly adhering to a group norm right. than it was expressing myself in a certain way. And I just felt like if I'm doing something, like even if I don't know, I don't love people that assume things about people. But it felt like by doing that, I was sort of advertising that I was a part of something that I wasn't necessarily a part of. That's kind of why I took my nipple ring out. <clears throat> also, it smelled weird. Well, so that was my question. You seem like a guy like me that would be obsessed with the smells that piercings produce. Yeah, I'm not a fan of them. Yeah. It, it actually, it, if I futz with it, it still oozes sometimes. Yeah. And I think I took it out five years ago or so. My my ears were pierced large enough that I could still put regular size earrings in my holes. Like they'll never heal back up entirely, right. but it doesn't really look like I have piercings. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> they still smell like that weird body cheese smell that yeah. they make. That's a bummer. I don't even know how we really got on this. I went, I, I, I smelled my ear as you were talking, and I felt like Django's the only person that I know that it feels about his body the way that I feel about my body. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, so. I got to text Mo. Yeah. <clears throat> Is he stressing about that thing? I haven't heard from him yet, but uh Okay. Sorry, I just don't want to seem like the guy who didn't no, you're good, uh, good. didn't pay attention. So, are you still reading Thor? No. I just got this big stack of Marvel books in front of me, and I spent more time reading DC books in the last three days, but I got a big stack of Marvel books here. Yeah. And by big, I mean I have some Marvel books because it was a small week. I uh, I didn't read number four. I don't know if I read number three either. I think I've number just... Number three was when Beta Ray Bill showed up, and they no. kind of fought the whole issue, and then Sif showed up at the end? No. Okay. I think I, I read number one. I lived vicariously th- through you and Roman on number two. Mm. And we didn't talk about that. And I didn't even flip through number three. I, you know what it is? It's his costume. Mm-hmm. I really, really don't like it. I. It stops me. I, I think it, it, at worst, is pretty banal. Like yeah. it, at worst, it's just kind of boring. I prefer banal. I bet you do, bud. Um, I love Galactus, and I like Donny Cates. So this is. 
And I don't love Thor, but I mm-hmm. liked Jason Aaron's Thor run a lot. Yeah. So this follows Thor as the Herald of Galactus, just doing his d- dangdest celestial badass thing. Yep. And the the all winter, the never frost, the w- whatever, the creeping black winter, the creeping death of Metallica. Uh, they play creeping death at every show. Do they? Yeah. Um, I think it's creeping death. Anyway, saw Metallica once. It was pretty good. Very good band. I think I saw them once in Wyoming. Yeah, yeah. I respect the fact that they're just doing. They're touring. They just yeah. are always are touring, <laughs> and they will always be a band. Like not a lot of bands can be sixty-year-old dudes who are just touring. You know, the Grateful Dead, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Tool, and Metallica. So um, Justin and I went up to get Mexican food in uh, Ferndale the other day, and you know they have that bridge that says uh, Metallica. No. On it, there. I think it's Ferndale. Ferndale's where uh, Chihuahua, the Mexican restaurant, is, right? Sure. Um, <clears throat> they have a bridge that has just said Metallica on it for years, and a, a few months ago, like the city painted over it, and then a week later, somebody had gone in and nice. fixed it. And we were talking about how awesome it would be to to go over there with a banner and hang it from the bridge that just says "One Night Only, July 1st. <laughs> <laughs> Metallica." <laughs> um, but this. Gosh, so, you know, Thor was beating the shit out of Beta Ray Bill. Sif shows up trying to stop him because he's basically working with Galactus to find planets for Galactus to devour so that Galactus can be at his appropriate power so they can fight this sort of creeping death, Metallica. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's Thor and Galactus versus Metallica. And, you know, Celestial Kirk Hammett and James Hetfield <laughs> are, are out there. No. Uh, so there's a cool scene in here where, like, Thor's like, you guys got to back off. I got to do this thing. He throws his hammer at Sif, and she just drops her sword and creates the Rainbow Bridge, and it transports Mjolnir to Jotunheim, the Frost Giants, where awesome. if you remember from the first issue, we've learned that Loki has somehow become the king of that place. Yeah. And the, the hammer just drops next to him, and he's like, interesting. And he reaches over. And he picks it up. Is that uh, new? It's new that he could pick it up. <laughs> okay. Uh, and it's like this powerful, unbreakable magic was placed upon it long ago by Allfather uh, Odin for only those who are worthy to be able to pick it up. However, as Odin himself would tell you, things change. And this is a story for another time. So, like, Loki picks up this hammer and he's like, very interesting. And then it's blown back to Thor. And it's just like. That's a story we'll come back to at a different time, which is like, why can Loki pick up this hammer? And it's, it's, and it's blown back to him without Loki. Right. Okay. Yeah, so he gets his hammer back. But it's a really cool, like, I like I like when comic books are written for the long story. Yeah. Like, um, I haven't been reading Nick Spencer's Spider-Man book since it is, the Hunted book. That's exactly what it's doing. But, like, he's been teasing <clears throat> that villain with the crazy centipedes and shit for the entire run. And it's been a real slow growth with Pete and his roommate. Oh, Boomerang? Boomerang. Nice. Yeah. So you've still been reading that? I've been dipping in to more issues than not. And, and I, I lost a lot of steam in the in The, 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 the Craven thing. The Craven thing. But that's the only part I read, but... Yeah, I've... I've been enjoying it. it it really reminds me of the 90s spider-man with um mcfarlane and then eric larson yeah. the eric larson stuff was my jam and it, a, a lot of like six panel teases for something 30 issues later yeah and i just i love that like i love when people have confidence in their story so yeah. donny cates <clears throat> is doing that he writes books basically under the 
precept that he's going to be writing them for as long as he wants. Yeah. And I really, really like that. So this has that going on. Um, But yeah, ultimately Galactus eats the fifth planet he needed to eat. And then uh, the giant Metallica storm shows up. It's epic. It's good. It's not super interesting, but it's epic and fun. Like I liked reading it, but also like, I, don't, I think that I could miss an issue and not be like, wow, it's been a month since I've read this thing, you know? Like, right. Uh, it's, it's probably my least fate. Well, no, because I didn't really like his Guardians of the Galaxy run. But it's not as good as Silver Surfer Black. It's not right. as good <clears throat> as Thanos wins. It's not as good as some of his stuff. But Well, and to be fair, we've been spoiled by really good Thor for a long time. Yeah. If this was the Thor that started coming out without six years of Jason Aaron just killing it. It would probably be rad as shit. <clears throat> this would be the best Thor that we'd ever had. Yeah. Uh, unless you talk to a Walt Simonson fan. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> so I would give this issue a seven. It was. It's also like the art's good, but I think the first two issues were like the really high points of the art. And it's still it's still very good, but it's just it's it's it doesn't it's not incredible. I've got a question. Please. We got time to kill. We got people to keep company. We've got uh, we've got folks to entertain in the background while they play video games, which is my favorite way to listen there to podcasts. Um, podcasts. Podcasts. Did, have you heard about podcasts? No. It's the podcast about cats. No. Oh, buddy. I just said it as a as a accidental slip of the tongue. Is that a thing? It's a thing, and I heard I heard a kind of a breakdown of it on I don't know Radio Lab or some some This American Life some story that i was listening to and it's just this woman who loves the movie cats oh my unabashedly my girlfriend also yeah uh look up podcasts um here's my question please does galactus have to eat a populated planet no that's like the 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 moral backdoor of this is that thor has been using like the rainbow bridge to get people off of these planets and take them to asgard so we've got a bunch of like um okay refugees could he eat a moon with nobody on it? Could he eat fucking Mars with well, I think maybe s- a, a germ or a, like a coronavirus virus on it and uh, nothing else? I think that, you know, I don't know that the moon has a core, like a living <clears throat> core. Okay. So he needs like a living core of a planet and it even mentions like a living core in here. But it seems so like... moons <clears throat> or asteroids, no. But it seems like there are a lot of galaxies that have planets that don't have life on them you could look at like we're lucky that we have life on our planet but if it wasn't for earth you could eat any one or nine of our planets and not fuck up everything yeah so <clears throat> you know we got whale cast so i'm not like this is the kind of thing i would cut out normally uh yeah. but you're right i don't i don't know comics you, you guys should see how much of this shit i make him cut out you get you wait get half a minute a glass so of i've got a question about like a grand i have a grand bone to pick with the concept that is galactus of the last 50 years let's talk about that why has he got a G on his belt? Does <laughs> that mean uh, I would peace in Klingon? I don't know. 7.5, 7. 7. <laughs> it's, it's a good book. I still like reading it, but, uh, you know, it's slowed down a little bit. But I bet it's I bet it's going to stay really good. I, I'm excited for the next portion of this story. Yeah. But I, I love Galactus, like an irrational amount. Right. So. right. Um, and while we're here... Uh, that was a cricket. Uh, in the Kate's Gate, just beyond the mind's eye... Uh, Donny Cates, that's really good, bud. You're very good at that. Who? The crickets we keep here. Oh, yeah, they are good at that. And it's whom. 
for whom the bell tolls. Whom and Jiminy are crickets. Venom 24, which has been Donny Cates, and then Mark Bagley has been doing the art. And what I really like about this is that Mark Bagley is doing the art, which <laughs> which is uh, not something that like you know you'd expect Jeff to hear, but it's cool because after like the Absolute Carnage event, which had Ryan Stegman on art, who I love, he just like was drawing the symbiotes and Carnage and everybody in like a not symbiote way. So it's nice that we have a bunch of Venom and Carnage in this issue and this arc. And it is, it's by Bagley, and it looks like 90s symbiotes, and that's what I want. I want 90s symbiotes, but... Has we, he, is he still drawing the same head on everybody? I, I don't know. We get a lot of symbiotes in this, which is okay. good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, his heads look the same. But um, no, a cool thing that happens in this is that, uh, like, at the end of the last issue, Eddie dropped a nuke on Venom Island, which is where he was in the 90s with the original Larson stuff. Which is a pretty good idea because um, it'll definitely kill all the symbiotes. It right. won't mutate them and make them Hulk symbiotes or something like and that. And then Captain America shows up and rescues him and takes him off. And he's like coming in and out of recovery rooms <clears throat> with Captain America. And he's hooked up to machines. And he's been there for like months. And then it turns out that like his son shows up and he's let his son down. He's this horrible guilt experience. And he looks out the window and like... He's like, Nola's coming. And it's like, no, Nola's here. And it's, he's been here for a long time. And then, like, somebody comes in out of the room, and it's uh, Cletus Cassidy. And he, like, puts the Venom symbiote into Eddie. And we realize that, no, Eddie's still on the island, and he never even nuked it or anything. And Carnage, oh, the symbiote, got to dang. him. So it's a pretty dope, like, red herring that you spend most of the issue with. And I really like the way that they did that, you know, uh, big twist. And I mean, you could cool. call into question at that point every bit of every Venom issue, right? Sure. But, yeah. But just because, like, now, yeah. Yeah. now the, Carnage could have been fucking with him even more right, than we knew. Right, And it was just the Venom symbiote on him, but maybe Carnage could have been on him. But, but wasn't yeah. that part of an earlier story in the Venom books where he was, uh, like, Venom was kind of lying to him yeah. in his in his brain directly yeah, th- into his brain this run has seeded that like the venom like the symbiotes can kind of cause the the host to think they're perceiving something that they're not yeah. so there is a whole other storyline going on with eddie's like surprise son who has like weird control over symbiotes and that is less interesting to me but i do really like the venom and carnage stuff and it feels a lot like 90s stuff so i would give uh venom 24 part four of venom island um like also a 7.5. I'm still excited every time to be reading this book, and I, I like Donny Case's take on it, even though it's not as strong as it has been, but it's better than any Venom book we've got in the last 10 years. So nice. So I'll take that. That's good. Uh, I just have two quick comics, and then I think we should either talk about TV and movies or some trade paperbacks, that graphic novels read- yeah, that we've been reading. Please, yeah, yeah. Um, I read Star Wars Darth Vader number two. Which always makes Jeff giggle that I read Star Wars. You just read all like I predicted that you were gonna have read Bounty Hunters, which you did. I did. We're not gonna talk about it. There was a fart joke in it. Oh, I don't know. That's why you uh, read Star Wars books. Yeah, look at look at this. It looks like it looks like this dude who fell over is farting fire and going. That's not a fart joke. That's really it's just fire behind him. Confusing art, but you. I thought it was a fart joke. We'll talk about Letterkenny in a bit. Um, So Darth Vader number two. Uh, this is Greg Pak and uh, Raphael Ienco. Ienco? Killing it. The big cliffhanger on number one was that Darth shows up to a place and Padme is there. 
And this is happening after Darth has already cut Luke's hand off. So I saw that and I was like, oh, holy shit. He's either hallucinating or Because it's a in clone this series, or... this, is, this is taking place after Empire. Yeah. Same as the Star Wars book right now takes yeah. place right after Empire. Yeah. So getting so, two books at the same time. Yeah. Star okay. Wars number one started with Luke on the Millennium Falcon having just bandaged his stump, mm-hmm. super bummed and confused because he just met his dad and his dad cut his hand off. And then this starts, the Darth Vader number one started with Darth kind of upset that Luke hadn't joined him. Like, why wouldn't he join him? <laughs> right? Um, I so, like Greg Pack. Yeah. And this this one, Darth is talking to an older Padme. He's hanging out with her. And uh, it's pretty awesome because it keeps showing like something will happen and both of them will have this memory of the adventures that they had when he was played by Hayden Christian Anderson or whatever that guy's name is. Hayden Christensen, he's super hot. Um, Um, But but there's a twist. There's there's a twist. Do you know it? I do. It's her handmaid who was pretending to be her. So it's... Kira fucking Knightley. Was that Kira Knightley? Yeah. So in in the beginning of Attack of the Clones, when they're on Coruscant and there's like the... The royal people show up, and Padme, and there's a terrorist attack, and it blows up, and it turns out that it was a handmaid that right. was portrayed by Kira Knightley, okay. which is who this is. So, yeah, just just the way that he's having these memories of them being together, and she's she just thinks he's kind of a dick. Like, not even she's not super scared of him. Everybody should be afraid of Darth Vader. But she's probably like, I don't know why the person I worked for that I respect loves you or yeah. loved you. Yeah. And yeah, the the whole the whole thing. He's got like a snarky robot, which I think that C three PO has enough snarky robots for an entire galaxy far, far away. But um, that's not the Star Wars universe we live in anymore. The uh, I, I thought that the twist was really good. I thought that the writing, like just showing Darth as a broken human rather than just a killing machine. Um, gave me a lot more to identify with in this story than than a lot of things. So uh, really well done. Yeah, I'm actually flipping through it because I had not looked through it yet. I just listened to a podcast about it, um, and they talked about the the twist in it, but the way that it's visually portrayed is really well done. Mm-hmm. And I like the art in this. Yeah, yeah, the art's great. The, the story's great. It looks a lot like... Padme's body double, just twenty five years older. Looks like Kieran Knightley, twenty five years older. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I'm really into that that plot twist. I you know I've never been able to gather the interest to read <clears throat> expanded Star Wars stuff. I I read a lot of these first issues, but I can yeah. never get through them. And that one makes me wish that I did this one. And I think I only read the first two issues of the new Star Wars, but so far I've liked it quite a bit. And the cliffhanger for the third issue, I think it is, is Princess Leia frozen in carbonite, which opens a lot of questions for me. Uh, and I don't know what the resolution to that is, but I'm hoping, and I think Braden and I talked about this. I think this was his idea. I'm hoping that uh, she fr- freezes herself in carbonite in order to know what it's like for Han. So when she goes to rescue him, she can be prepared for him being blind and his specific disorientation. So that's Leia on the cover that has her in carbonite? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if that was the Padme stuff or which, because they're both at the same time, it seems yeah. like. so. Yeah. Super cool. And then the other, uh, I would give that 
I'd give that one probably a seven and a half. Um, the other one I want to talk about real quick is Stealth from Skybound by Mike Costa and Nate Belgard with Tamara Bonvillon. Tamara Bonvillon, one of the <clears throat> like one of the colorists. The colorists. Yeah. It's about a dude who writes articles for a news newspaper, an online um, newspaper, and he's living with his dad who has it seems like like a kind of onset of dementia and like he's he's getting his son's name confused with his brother's name it's just like prime jeff territory yeah i read just this like, and i was like get that book jeff. jeff can't read this one <laughs> because um, he's illiterate and so like the, the guy goes out for a walk and the next scene is uh this character in wings and armor just beating the shit out of a dude who's holding up a a shop um and that like the art the art is right up my alley is that right up? Oh, I guess yeah. I really like it. It's it's a it's, little bit cartoony. It's very easy to understand. The violence is is violent with lots of little tiny shards of glass, which I always like. Yeah, like the Wildstorm dude does that great. Yeah, John Davison. You know what it feels like to me is like, you know, uh, I hate I hate to say poor man's but a poor man's uh, invincible. Like it's kind of, kind yeah. of flat, but bloody and detailed. But yeah. also, like there, there's a there's like a working man's art category to it. Yeah, like, it's like it's good. Has. It the the proportions aren't quite right. The line weights aren't quite right. It's it's not nearly as refined as as I would like. But all of the parts are here, and every time this guy, you know, has to go out and clear his head, the the instead of going for a walk, stealth is like ripping up cars and blowing people up. And when he finally comes home after a long day, he hears a thump upstairs and his dad has just crashed through the upstairs window and it's his dad who is the superhero. And his dad is not sure about who his son is. And he Dementia like, crime fighter. Dementia crime fighter. And like after he beats his son up thinking he's somebody else, he's like apologizing to him and he says that the men in the light who gave him the suit they're coming back to fix him and he knows it and so like like i'd never really thought about the idea of somebody that the dad's not super powered necessarily although maybe his maybe his uh suit comes out of him we don't we don't really know but just the idea of somebody who is a crime fighter and not not crazy like the comedian or the punisher like they're they're right. vicious crazy bastards this is this is somebody whose brain isn't working completely and we don't know if if he's got dementia or if he's like if if he's going haywire because he hasn't had some sort of tune up from the space creatures that gave it to him that is a really interesting <laughs> twist on it yeah i i didn't see it coming um you know skybound superhero books I usually don't make it more than a few issues. Skybound and Top Cow, I'm always really apprehensive of. Yeah, um, but this this one's got me got me pretty curious. So I, I definitely want to read the next one. Maybe more than that. I don't know. Okay, <clears throat> I also want to. This was a last week book, but I want to mention it. Uh, Batman number ninety. I did finally get my hands on a copy because we sold out and it was Agu. a hot book. And it's the Jimmy Tiv Jorge Jimenez. The first issue for Jorge Jimenez on this. Uh, it's like far and away my favorite issue of this series. It's the fifth issue, but it's actually interesting. It's engaging. I want to know more. I don't know why we wasted four issues getting to this point. Do you think that it's the artists? Or do you think that Jimmy T has found 
I just found his groove. Those first four issues didn't really play into this. Like it was yeah. a four issue lead into why we should care about this character, the terrible named developer or whatever his name is. The I don't know the the plan man. Yeah, what is his name? It's terrible. Uh, the designer isn't isn't there a character coming up called like the clown hammer or something yeah, like that? Yeah, Jimmy Tiv has some real shortcomings. I do like him at times. This issue is very good. I loved it. I think we did we talk about it on the you podcast? You talked very briefly about yeah. it and said that you loved it. One thing that Colette brought up at one point, which like. It would be so fucking easy to draw a line of continuity between this and Tom King's run for, like, when Selena and Bruce are having a heartfelt conversation if he were to say bat and cat. Super simple. And he doesn't. There's just moments where they're saying one word. He says, like, Selena, Bruce. And it's like, okay, we just spent, like, nine or 85 issues. Like, it wouldn't be super hard, dude, to just, like, make it feel like it's the same people. Yeah, if you're going to do that... Why isn't this number five? Yeah, exactly. Like, we're doing an entirely different run than it's because they can, this way they can get to issue 100 or whatever. Fuck them. But yeah, I really liked the issue. And if this art, and a lot of it is going to be artists, you know, like they play in a hugely important role in books, but it also dealt with characters I care about. Whereas the first issues were Deathstroke and Harley Quinn, which I don't care about. This is Catwoman, Batman, and Joker. Although, like, and a cool new villain. I, it's been almost a week and a half since I read this, but yeah. I think that I like the Harley Quinn and like there's very like, brief Harley. Is yeah. is there is Deathstroke in this at all? At the very beginning, he's riding on a bike. Yeah, that's it. <clears throat> and and I liked again. the way that Harley was handled in this, and I really liked kind of the conceit of the designer. Yeah, me too. I really like him as well, and and how Joker kind of broke him, and now he's playing off these plans. I'm not super into like, oh, he was going to allow Catwoman to develop an ultimate plan and it was to steal all his money from Bruce and now <clears throat> now he's making these plans. I'm like, I don't really care about a guy making Selena's old plans to rob Bruce of all of his money be a thing. But Also, you think Bruce hasn't changed at all since they came up with those plans? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that guy is constantly improving. But we know that the big thing is that Jimmy TIV is writing a thing called like Joker War, which yeah. is too close in name to the war of jokes and riddles but um i I think that this designer character is going to get killed off really easily and this will transition into a story about the joker Mm -hmm. Um, but uh that being said it's 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 the best batman issue we've gotten since the last tom king issue so you got a number for it uh 90 no i i give it like an eight like it's it's gorgeous the artist i love horror colors are amazing yeah to momori is fantastic but yeah it's the best art in this series so far since we're just kind of putting ourselves in people's ears until yeah. they beg us to stop with yeah. the with the pause button on yeah. their iphones exactly no <laughs> one's gonna finish this episode it will get gradually less and less listenable i think we should give them a reward at the end Go i don't on. think we should even tell them what the reward I is i agree we'll come up with it later oh i already know what it is oh good um honest i uh can we waste a moment talking about the next Batman story that I'm excited about? Yeah. We know nothing about this. Yeah. Except that we saw um, uncolored pages of oh. it at Comics Pro a couple oh, of weeks man. ago. It's the uh, the three Jokers. Oh, I can't fucking wait. Jeff Johns and Jason <clears throat> Fabok. It looks so cool. It's going to be three issues. It's going to be uh, 64 page. I've been looking all over for page counts because I hope... I'm just begging for, like, I hope it's not 20-issue pages or 20-page no, issues. No, I'm pretty sure it was going to be 
um, like three killing joke okay. format. The, the, fingers crossed. Whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, I cannot fucking wait for this book. The pages we saw looked gorgeous. They were even black and white. They looked like the killing joke. And no, like nobody holds a candle to Brian Bolland. And this looked like Brian Bolland without looking like him. Jason Fabok said, I have spent three years <clears throat> with a copy of The Killing Joke on my desk. Like I, He's saying that I constantly, every day, yeah. go through The Killing Joke and find ways to pay homage to it without being too... But like, it, the art of it, and there's actually colored pages. The first like five pages are up online nice. without dialogue. <clears throat> and, and you can tell gorgeous. that that's what he did. It's similar to kind of the beginning of Doomsday Clock. Well, I, it's <clears throat> like Brian Ballin meets Gary Frank. It yeah. is the art... And I think that it's maybe the same colorist or inker that Gary Frank has, but it nice. is, yeah, it is like Killing Joke modernized. Not that Brian mm-hmm. Ballin needs that, but like, yeah, and steeped in it. It, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm super excited for it. Me too. I hope that, I hope it pays off even half as much as I, I think it will. I don't think that it's going to be three different Jokers. I want that to be what it is, but I think it's the same guy. And he's like, they're going to define like three Jokers by like concussions or personality disorders or like consciousness resets or something with well, the same guy. That's kind of what uh, Scott Snyder did, right? Like every time the Joker's personality changes, it's because he like he dies in his brain and he's reborn sure, or something. You're something right. along that those was lines. Near the end of his run, where, like end game was the yeah. arc that I kind of. And saw. I didn't love that concept, but it was a really good excuse to have so many different Jokers. So like. I'll swallow that pill. I love the idea of it being three different people. Like oh, in yeah. the same way that in uh, White Knight, Harley was two different people. Right. I think that that is the perfect way of doing it. I think the Joker, that is a perfect way of sort of explaining differences with character type in 70 years of continuity. I hope that they do that. But what I believe will happen is that they are there. It's Jeff Johns said something recently about like it's it's more about the way people heal or don't heal from damage. And Bruce, I I think the line that they're going to draw is Bruce is somebody who has been hurt or damaged and he always finds a way to become better from it. Right. I think the Joker is somebody who will become worse and worse with it. And it's it's like he's he's growing in a bad direction. But Man, if they can give us an origin of the modern Joker without giving a Joker origin, that would be some deft storytelling. Yeah. You know, like, like, don't tell us how he got to the first Joker, but tell us how he got to the new Joker from the first Joker. That's a lot more interesting to me than how he became the first Joker. Yeah, I, I agree. And I don't think that they'll try and tell us a, a, a definitive Joker origin. I think that would be a mistake <clears throat> if they oh, yeah. did. Yeah. Um, but that's actually kind of a good segue into what I want to talk about. Yeah. Which is what I spent my day doing today, which is I read all three issues, which are three big issues. This is like... This is like a 12-issue paperback. Yeah. Like, um, of Superman Smashes the Clan 1, 2, and 3. It took me 40 minutes, 45 minutes to get through each issue. Um, so, yeah, it's like a, it's like 10, 10 issues long or something. Did you read the back matter? Oh, yeah. Okay. All of it. I didn't read any of the back matter, the but back I matter loved is the series. So good. I was hoping Roman was going to be here to also talk to us because I know right. he read that back matter. But um, the transition is that I am curious... How people feel about getting additional origins to stories. Like, this is another Superman origin. Mm-hmm. And we just got Superman Year <clears throat> One. This is a much better Superman origin than Superman Year One was. But, like, we've gotten 
Batman Year One and Mask of the Phantasm is that. And there's a lot, like every so often they just tell another origin for a character. And I, I wonder as a business model, like how useful or good that is. I like it most of the time. Um, and I like it when they're able to do it outside of normal continuity. Which is what this is. Which, which is, is what this yeah. is. This is based on, the, the idea is based on an old radio show. Yeah. Right? With it came out in the fifties or sixties, forties. Yeah, and that's what <laughs> the back matter is about. Is basically okay. about um, the introduction of the KKK into America, and it's sort of dying off, and then it's resurgence, and then World War II, and then it's dying off, and then it's third resurgence, which would have happened right around the time that this radio broadcast showed up. But the mm-hmm. radio broadcast <clears throat> actually, like the radio broadcast actually portrayed the KKK as these bumbling oafs that were bad guys in a children's radio program. Right. And it took away their legitimacy to a point where it actually uh, made them so uh, not credible that people weren't willing to get behind the idea anymore. So That's awesome. So the fact that Gene mm-hmm. Lewin Yang kind of writes this historical piece at the end that the historical piece is sort of about his uh, his journey as a Chinese-American learning about Superman, coming to terms with the idea of the KKK, and how all three of those things kind of twisted and were related with one another um, in in terms of the growth of the KKK, but also Superman's power as an idea within our country. And what I really liked about this story, and it sounds like it's very much lifted from the 16-issue, 16-episode radio drama that came out. Um, Yeah, like the names of the characters... For the most part, it's I, I'll I'll assume that it's largely the same story, but it's it's these it is you know these two Chinese American who were in uh, like the Chinatown of Metropolis and then they moved to the suburbs, which is a huge thing in this time, and them sort of becoming aware and comfortable with their identity and viewing themselves as outsiders, while Clark Superman is is learning about himself being an alien like he learns that he's from another planet in this mm-hmm. story and there's a really uh deft comparison drawn between both of these sort of identity development uh stories he's got a he's got a completely different language yeah too. yeah it it the way that they're, they're able to draw the comparison is, is really really incredible but i was late to this because it's really hard for me to read an oversized issue on the week of release and if i don't read it on the week of release it's very easy for me to fall back but um Roman loved this, Jenga loved this, and my good friend Ryan Russell loved this. And I... Thanks to COVID-19, Jeff read Superman yeah. smashes yeah. the clan. Exactly. So, and, and I hope that I'll read the boys and some other things. But this was also like, if you are hanging out, stressed out at your house, thinking about how bad things could be or are, uh, this is the most incredible salve for that. Because it is just bathe yourself in optimism, <clears throat> hope, and you know, that Mr. Rogers quote that I always come back to, which is like in times of problems, you know, look to the people that are helping because there are always people that are helping. And even in this moment right now, you know, like you keep hearing about the fact that hockey got shut down. So like Canadian scientists have been able to isolate the COVID-19 bacteria virus. So we're going to be able to look at it or they found, you know, uh, they sent some sort of cure to testing just recently. Hmm. Uh, you know, Canada's doing good stuff. America's just panicking, but, uh, it's it's amazing that you know there's always people doing good at any moment and that's what a thing that has really like allowed me to feel better in the last couple of days and superman is one of those people django 
you read this as it was coming out. I read this one month apart or I two months apart. I think it was longer apart, than that. Whatever like, yeah, they, it was. And three every, was a ways behind. Every issue I put off until the end of my pile, and I started it kind of begrudgingly because it's heavy, like physically heavy it's because like, it's a big fucking book. It's an actual, like, it took me... I finally timed the third issue. I was like 45 minutes to just finish the issue and then read the five-page text piece at the end. Yeah, but uh, every time I started reading it, I was right back in the story. So that's like advantage number one. I'm not lost when I start. Like on page three, I remember everything that happened. And there's, there's just so much... I don't know. There's, there's so many good people in this comic. Mm-hmm. Even the, the like half bad guys and the, even like one of the main bad guys is, he's not even gray. He's just not a, not a monster. You know what I mean? And I, I think that that's a big strength of this is, yeah. is, and Gene Luen Yang uh, wrote this and then Guri Hiru did the art who did right. the Spider Man Venom Double Trouble miniseries that I was a huge fan of. But it it was an uncomfortable book to get into because he doesn't use some of the severe racial terms, like racist <clears throat> insults that people would use at him. But he uses ones that when you're in elementary school, you hear people say on the playground. And, yeah. and I have like a really, really short fuse for racial intolerance um, or intolerance in general, 100%. But like... Would you say you're intolerant of intolerance? Exactly. What are you, one of the safe sex bad guys? But, like, there were times in this book where I got so fucking angry. And, you know, to then be reminded that, like, okay, like, this is an Asian American who is telling the story. And it's all filtered through the lens of someone who's experienced these things. And you have these teens or these kids at the beginning because it follows the Lee family as they move to the suburbs, uh, Asian Americans, and and they try to sort of become members of the community that they're in, but it's a lot of like white folks and there's a, like a, a, the community center largely embraces them. But one of the kids is the nephew of like the sort of the grand dragon analog of the KKK in this. And he's a huge Superman here, like huge Superman fan, but his uncle is trying to brainwash him into being, you know, a KKK member. And he's saying these horrible things at the beginning and it would be really easy to write him off. And I was ready for, I just want this kid to get punched in the fucking face. But that wasn't the journey that Gene Lu and Yang wanted this to be. Like, what this is about is realizing that everyone is dealing with an amount of damage just from being in this culture. Right. And, and you know, racism is a thing that's kind of baked into America, unfortunately. And sexism and, is baked into America. And, and baked in at an early age, yeah. too. And, and avoidable. With with the right upbringing, you can have people who aren't. Right. Right. And there are people who are having the wrong upbringing and are not bad people, but they're being taught bad things. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's, it's, I guess I want to say equally bad to punish those people or not approach them with a, an air of understanding because that's what they need. So yeah, this punk kid has a Superman shirt and he wants to be a good kid, but he's being taught all these bad lessons and you know, ultimately our protagonists like forgive and embrace this person because he has helped them and <clears throat> that's exactly what, you know, he needed to do to them. It's just like 
so good. But the part that actually made me like cry while reading it was um, Lois Lane's love of the, the the female protagonist, our main character yeah. in this book, and the way that she like gives her this pen at the end and wants her to become a reporter. And it's got her like Lois Lane's LL initials, and she's like, I can't keep this. This is like too valuable of a thing. It's too expensive. And it's you know it's obviously for you because it says LL. And she's like, No, like I did. I did my uh, research. I think her name is Roberta. Roberta Lee. I did my research, Roberta, and I know what your name actually is, and it's Lon Shin Lee, so your initials are LL yeah. as well. <clears throat> you know, I few things are as moving to me as, like, adults being compassionate and supportive of children. I think it's, like, one of the main things that our society is lacking is, like, great support and understanding for people who are in vulnerable positions. And while this book has positive lessons in spades, it... Uh, that that's the one that I, I really really got out of it. The write ups are fucking amazing, Django. I All couldn't right. recommend listening like reading them enough. It's it's a I don't I don't buy a lot of comics anymore, but I bought these ones and brought them home. Yeah. So I'll I'll read those write ups. It's it's clearly like a complex essay he wrote at some point in his life. Right. And it <clears> is um Gene Lewin Yang is an amazing author and he's like, is an incredible human being. Yeah. Yeah. He wrote um The New Superman. Mm-hmm. which was about a Chinese dude who gets Superman kind of powers set in China. This made me want to kind of go back and revisit that. Um, he also writes all of those Avatar books. And if yeah. I was current with the Avatar cartoons, I would probably probably love those Avatar books. Yeah, what American I'm hoping for... Chinese, Boxers and Saints. Like he's written a lot yeah. of amazing things. But sorry, what, you're what hoping I'm hoping for? for is when they come out with the trade paperback of this, that it's oversized like those Avatar trades are and it's like a 20 or 30 dollar chunk of book i i think that this book did not get done any favors by being at like a digest size like it is not the dimensions of a normal comic book and just like the lessons and the like the plot of it are all ages yep but i think that some of the racist language is probably something that's going to keep some kids from being able to to have it um and yeah, it was published it's... in a kid's size like specifically a pretty little kid's size so that's why i'm hoping for a larger thing yeah because i don't think that i don't know that somebody's going to buy this for their six-year-old even though it's shaped like a six-year-old's comic so do you think the fact that there's those like they're even like watered down racist terms like the one that gets Some used a lot is ching chong yeah yeah and and like does is that is it ah is it so severe that people shouldn't see it is, or no, no, no. is it like <clears throat> i'm not saying that at all i think um or do you think that that is a barrier for some people i think to it's see a barrier it? i think that what i think that what stops parents from getting a comic for their kid is wondering what questions they're going to have to answer for their children and deciding what comfort level they have mm-hmm. having a difficult conversation with their kids. And really, you can have that conversation with your kid, right? You you say penis instead of cock. Yeah. <laughs> but you can say, oh, yeah, you don't call people ching chong. Look, it made Roberta sad. Yeah. Right? And and I think that um, that's, that's more of a parent's hang-up than something that would damage a kid. The kid would have questions. You as a parent should answer them. That's that's it. That's pretty easy. Kids can handle a lot. Kids are going to have questions that you didn't even consider they would have, and they're going to just gloss over stuff that they totally can't understand because they don't have the context right. for it. Um, but I think that if 
I was a certain type of parent and I read that, I'd be like, oh, no, this is this is not subject matter that's appropriate for children. But it's 100% appropriate for children. It's teaching the right lessons of inclusion and acceptance and, like, stand up to shittiness. Yeah, and, and Gene Lu and Yang, you know, I'm not... I forget the actual term for it, but he was for a period of time like the ambassador to youth fiction or something. Like there, there's really? a term, there's a position within like Scholastic and all these like book <clears throat> things, uh, Newbery Awards that like you know there's a, the adult ambassador to children's fiction. He was that, and and I think just like you're saying, I think this book is handled in the perfect way, and yeah. I, I think I think it would all go through a child's brain in the exact way that it should. Yeah, and it was sort of how I was raised and how I was talked to and. <clears throat> It's, it's I loved, amazing. I love the like Superman exploring his powers. Yeah, throughout the the series and like him running on telephone lines it's is such a cool idea. Well, it's it's an old idea. Yeah, he used to do it back in the forties, and then just the way that that pays off in the end well, made the, the whole campy Superman stuff work for me. The the radio broadcast <laughs> is what introduced Perry White. It's what introduced really? the Daily Planet. It's what introduced his power set. Like, I believe that it's what introduced Holy the flying. Cow. So, like, this radio <laughs> drama was, like, the biggest thing in the 40s. Like, millions of people were listening to it. Um, hmm. So, he was introduced as just being able to leap, you know, tall buildings in a single bound. And this radio drama is what was the steering ship of Superman fiction That's for awesome. a period of time. Probably a decade. Um that's pretty amazing. Yeah. You know, and, and radio drama doesn't live like that anymore. But I think that they're redoing this as a radio drama. <clears throat> Are um, they? I read that they're going to be doing, you know, a, a podcast, I think, version of it in the same way they did that Wolverine nice. long night one. But yeah, this is just it was the it was the best way I could have spent today, which is like the days are stressful. And I hope. I hope that we can all just stay home and relax and trust that our society will construct ways for people to be OK like the government is telling us to stay in our homes so this bacteria and virus doesn't spread. It's a virus. Um, so we need to do that. And I really hope that following those instructions don't mean that people are out of their livelihood and out of their homes. And so if we can actually be home in a stress-free environment, that's our best case scenario. Yeah. I just had a thought. Please. Because I just got a, a text from Nathan Butcher a second ago. I love that guy, Nathan. And he, uh, not to, not to bring the tone down. No, no. <clears throat> but he says, are you guys allowed to stay open after this announcement? I'll bet. Hope you can. Restaurants, bars, gyms, etc., and gatherings of over 50 statewide close Tuesday through the end of the month. <clears throat> we don't know. We don't know. We got that announcement halfway through the podcast, and I don't know if we'll leave in the moment where we got that. But, but what if we were to have uh, Skype hangouts? Like iFanboy does. Yeah, and they changed their Patreon-exclusive hangout to be open to everybody tonight. Yeah. It's right now. Yeah. Um, that that could be a fun thing for us to do. Yeah, because Django and I love this job and this place so far removed from the fact that it also allows us to have a life, you know? like <laughs> It uh, is our life, buddy. <laughs> it, it is our life, but I mean, you know, we would keep doing it if it wasn't. And, and I, I the most important thing for me is that I think the comic shop is going to be okay through all of this. Yeah, I th I think so, and I appreciate Django's more con you know more concerning, but I I will have that Superman <clears throat> optimism here, and I think that the best thing that we can do is try and make all of our friends who can't come in here 
uh, still feel like they get to come in here because this is a place of community. Yeah. It has always been that. It's been open for 38 years, and I <clears throat> absolutely think it's going to make it at least another five. It's, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think I think we're going to weather it. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime... Got to make sure our buddies are having fun. Figuring out how to keep our, our buddies and our community engaged in comics and each other and being nerds with each other is <clears throat> I think it's a pretty important part of what we're what we can do yeah so <sighs> still working on it everybody Ugh. still working on it uh Jeff yeah I didn't read this today like you did with that Superman I read a, I read a yeah I, yesterday I mean, it took whatever three two hours two and a half hours to get through those smashes of the clan but you did put on my radar two days ago when we were hashing shit out of your house that you were working on this i read underwater welder by jeff lemire and uh man <clears throat> there's no real way for me to put a happy spin on this oh bummer it's <laughs> jeff uh, lemire didn't make you happy at the end nope nope sad sad kids walking through the snow and dying is kind of what is what he's really good at this one isn't that why it's, do they keep giving him superhero books and expecting him to make good superhero I books? I don't know. This is about an underwater welder who is scared that he's going to follow in his dad's footsteps, and his dad disappeared in the water one day. Jesus fuck. Yeah, I read this. <laughs> I read this on a plane. Uh, I don't know if you've ever felt vulnerable in public, Jeff, but uh, most of my life. But <clears throat> trying. Welcome not, to my life. Trying not to cry on an airplane. Uh, in the middle of a, a pandemic, and then also, <clears throat> you know, when I finished New Frontier by Darwin Cook, I was also on an airplane and sitting there crying like a baby. Next to me, I think, <clears throat> while I was sleeping. I, I think I was next to I you. Was a, it was the middle of the night, and I yeah. was asleep. Yeah. Um, God, this this book was great and sad. It's... <laughs> It's compared to a Twilight Zone episode in the beginning, in the introduction, by J.J. Abrams. Dude, um, this is amazing to look at. I'm it's flipping so through gorgeous. It. When Jeff Lemire gets to do a black and white book, it's it's the closest to just somebody getting a thing that they need <clears throat> to get out of them out. Like, yeah. this is him writing and drawing in black and white and just moving through it. Wow. And I am so glad that I don't have whatever relationship he has with his dad. Yeah, because what's Jeff Lemire's dad's story, or maybe he's got a great, great one, and he's just really good at writing these stories. But <clears throat> the art is amazing. It's it's a dude in kind of a Twilight Zone sort of thing where he goes underwater and comes back up, and things aren't the same in the town, and his he makes bad decisions, and uh, I don't know, like at at some point in your life you realize that you made a decision that that messed things up and if you're good at self-analysis i think that you are able to look at it and learn from that and move forward and <clears throat> i don't know if it's too late for this guy in this book um but it i don't know man like he teaches me something when I read his stuff, and he teaches me how to examine my own emotions and and thoughts and feelings in a different way. Man, um, I can't like, yeah, I, you know, it's interesting when you talk about like me and Hickman, and like <clears throat> you're like, I wish that I had the faith in somebody, you know, like that I have in Hickman, and and like, 
you talking about Jeff Lemire draws that comparison in my mind, which is sure. like you allow yourself to learn something from him. Mm-hmm. And and I think that the two of us have like different types of stories that we seek out. And also we probably, as all different people do, but you and I have almost opposite types of lessons that we need to learn, which is one of the reasons that we're drawn and are great friends and good business partners, right? I, I think I learn the same things from Jeff Lemire that I learned from you. And and to me, like world building and data processing or just like the ability to like <clears throat> objectively understand things, I'm like, oh, like, you know, that that's the things that I clamor for in a Morrison or a Hickman stuff is the stuff that I don't think that you look for because I think that's much more home base <clears throat> for you. Um, it's the same thing with Jeff Lemire and you. Yeah. So yeah. So it's it's it, it's interesting to hear you because that that quote of just you at the beginning of the podcast saying like I wish I had the faith in any writer, yeah. but like you do in this guy. Like <laughs> that's you, true. You allow yourself a type of vulnerability <clears throat> that opens you up to lessons to be learned. It's why it's taken me three years to read this one. Yeah, well, this one... Because is, you I've can't never... read too many of this guy's books at once. No, no, it's a brutality. <clears throat> it's a it's a brutality. Um, but it really actually, like... Sweet Tooth is colored, so there's a, there's a different thing to yeah. that. But this really does look like some of his finest work to me. Yeah, and the, the way he plays with time between panels is... It's not groundbreaking or anything, but it's very skilled. And... The way that he's got his uh, the main character turns into his dad at certain points, and just like the effortless nature of of those transitions, and the, like the the way that he's he's having a conversation, and then at some point that scene becomes a conversation with his dad and somebody else from his dad's past. I don't know. It's. I keep coming across this double page as a dude so bursting good. out of the water and then like a 12-panel grid of him <clears throat> climbing up a ladder. Yeah. I, this is not light reading. And you won't feel that surge of joy at the end of it. The Superman's <laughs> message the clan gives you. <laughs> yeah. Superman made me cry because people are so nice. This That's one, what I, I kept feeling that is like, thank God there's so much goodness in the world. There are... There are not a lot of things that are pretty much guaranteed to make me cry, but people being nice to people That's is one of them. Too. Why like, is that? I was talking about I don't know. therapy. What is that? Why does Mr. Rogers do that? Or like, what? what is unabashed kindness that causes people to cry? Why is that? What is that? Does it get everybody? Because it well, gets me real good. Well, that was the thing about the Mr. Rogers, Tom Hanks movie, and then also the documentary, Won't You Be My Neighbor, mm-hmm. that came out a year and a half before it. I went and saw that with Roman, and I walked out of the theater, and everyone was crying, and strangers were hugging each other. Yeah. And that was kind of a, a nationwide experience, is that people were just crying. And I just, like, to me, that there is something about humanity that is not touched on that is true there. We can't, I can't put my finger to it, but, like, why is it that p- decency, yeah, like, unfiltered compassion and decency moves me to tears what is that did you see 1917 we saw it together right yeah yeah in the scene where his buddy dies Mm -hmm. it wasn't that his friend was dying that got me to cry it was how nice he was being and how quickly he was thinking to make his friend feel better in that moment yeah and that's what always amazes me about people is that you know like that i always People are always like, what are we going to do about X, global warming or 
the coronavirus. And I, I have this deep feeling that just like when people have to do a thing, they figure it out. Yeah. And and I think compassion works the same way, which is just like you might not be good with people. Right. But when your friend is in pain, you know what to do. I don't know. There's just this amazing thing about there's a there's a universal thing that connects people. And uh, well, yeah, this, that's what those tears are to me. Is just this book's like, not going to do that. Yeah. No. It's not going to make you it's feel not, good. It's not going to make you happy. No, but I mean, but I think <clears throat> Jeff Lemire, I feel like he approaches that from the opposite direction. Like he knows enough about humanity that he can tap into the sadness it's like he's making you cry because you know you need that one thing mm-hmm. <clears throat> that is that one thing that makes you cry as well but like there's i don't know like the just every one of his books people just need a fucking hug he Have gives a sip yeah. and a hug right he gives you hope for, but but first he's got to take it all away and the hope that he gives you by the end is like this little tiny glimmer that maybe people aren't all shitty the other thing that gets me is and and this is this has gotten me out of the blue over and over since my dad died was just the idea of somebody not being able to enjoy a thing that they enjoyed anymore Mm. like like that's scary yeah bob dylan for me that's absolutely connected to my dad and how much he liked bob dylan and he can't like bob dylan anymore Every he can't like Hank Williams anymore. Every memory before my twentieth birthday for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Every yeah. every single thing, which is why I just recently went to my hometown. And I was like, "This is fuck. I can't yeah. do. I can't do this." Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah that 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 gets me every time. I watched uh, I watched a movie last night. What'd you after watch? we finished the end of the fucking world part two um, on Netflix. We watch, we like Erica and I sat around for like an hour and we're just kind of bummed and a little bit snippy at each other because everybody's shitty in that movie or in that TV show, and so I surfed around and went through the comedy shows on HBO. Topical comedy, From, you need it. I, I wanted some comedy. I, yeah. I wanted nothing to do with any of the horrible, depressing shit that I always listen to and watch and read and imagine. <laughs> <I> know, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we got all the way from the top of comedy. To literally the last alphabetical thing on the list yesterday, which is a Danny Boyle movie about uh, kind of a a washed up guitar player who has an accident on on, on his bike. And when he wakes up, He's the only one who remembers the Beatles. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or what? Yeah, what is this called? This yesterday. was a relatively recent movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were saying we got to that yesterday. I no, was like, no, the movie's the called, movie's yesterday. called yesterday. yesterday. Alphabetically, the the very last thing you would find on HBO. Um, is it good? It's a little schmaltzy and really good. Okay, well, schmaltzy is a turnoff for Django <laughs> and a and a boner waiting to happen for Jeff. I I was, yeah. There's there's something about those songs. Like they're so deep inside all of us, even if you don't like the Beatles. They talked about that on the media in iFanboy One. Did they? Yeah, yeah. It's it's spectacular. Can I tell you what Sam and I yesterday? You know, spent all day. I, neither of us left the house all day yesterday. Uh-huh. Didn't leave. I'm trying to take this thing very seriously. I'm, I'm trying to treat every day I work as me being potentially exposed <clears throat> to this thing, mm-hmm. and then every day I don't work, remedying that. 
So yesterday I just didn't leave the house, took vitamins all, all day. And then near the end of the day, we were like, we should watch something kind of spooky. And, and I was like, okay, well, there's a realm of spooky we're not allowed to watch right now. What, you know, No Walking Dead. <clears throat> yeah, at all. Um, but we, we stumbled upon a movie called Pure. Okay. And what I learned about this movie after watching it and trying to track it down is it's actually Hulu has a television series and each episode is a totally unrelated full-length movie. <clears throat> and it's called Into the Dark. And... Okay. I think that you'd be interested in this. Like an anthology? Basically. I mean, it, to me, it doesn't even need a series branding. It could just be like, these are Hulu movies that are coming out. But they're all kind of either like vaguely supernatural or horror movies. And they're 20-minute movies? No, hour and a half. <clears throat> like full-on okay. movies. Like, I was trying to look up the cast because I recognized members of the cast. I was like, why am I not finding this anywhere? I kept finding this series called End of the Dark Episode Pure. And I was finally like, okay, well, what okay. is this? And uh, there are two seasons, and each is like six episodes, and each episode is an hour and a half long movie. Um, so people should check that out because this movie huh. Pure is really awesome. This is, It's like a, a feminist take on – it's like a feminist horror movie, which I found myself really, really into because one of my favorite movies last year was Black Christmas. Yeah. Uh, which I loved, and uh, I want everyone to go see. And it was just like the most well, you know, I think those movies and that message of sort of needing to remind men of where we're at in this post-Me Too era, uh, I think it's really easy to not make that message go across super elegantly, but I would rather have that than no message at all. But when <clears throat> those things hit, I'm just like, fuck yeah. yeah. And this is a bunch of crazy dads who religious dads who make their daughters go to this purity retreat and um they ultimately like do a seance to summon the spirit of lilith which who is is in many bible stories but has been taken out of some main bibles but it's It's like like, eve's counterpart yeah it was the one that was created before eve and then they had sex with an angel and they banished her and then they created Eve, who was made from Adam's rib. She's in Lilith is in uh, Sandman. That, that was where I first heard nice. about her. Neon Genesis sure Evangelion is, yeah. is is what it, yeah that is. But for me, but but even the idea of Eve being made from Adam's rib is this horribly diminutive role of it's only a <laughs> successful woman if it's made in man's image, which is like yeah. So, so yeah, we watched this movie last night. It was awesome. It was called Pure. I think people should check it out. The cast was great. I think it was just a really fun horror romp. Uh, that I would I would recommend everyone check out, but Into the Dark is a series of movies okay. being made from Hulu. I think that you and I should both check them out because they have this really one called like Nightcrawlers. It's like a, it looks like an '80s alien horror flick nice. that looks like a lot of fun that I want to watch next. So just just straight up horror, not not necessarily depressing. Because no, it's not super <clears throat> depressing, but it's it's like sci-fi horror stuff. I I I've just finished the second season, of the end of the fucking world, and I am not okay with this. Both of them are on Netflix, and both of them are based on comics by Charles Forsman. I am not okay with this. Is a different series. Yeah, following end of the fucking world, not related at all. But he didn't say end of the fucking world season two. I am not okay with this. He probably liked that. Oh he yeah, watched the second yeah. Season. No, that's that's two separate series, two separate comic books that are from just flipping through these these comics loosely based. On the on the graphic novels by Charles Forsman, who's done Slasher. a bunch of stuff that I really like. Like Slasher was completely wrong and disturbing and gross. And if you want to not be comfortable, I would recommend reading Slasher. Um, and Revenger 
that is kind of similar, but in more of like a, a Punisher style revenge story. Um, <clears throat> but both of those are really, really well done. I don't know that I would recommend them right now this week, <laughs> um, but I th- I think that. I think people would really like it. If you haven't watched I'm Not Okay With This, Jeff, I think you would really enjoy it. More than End of the Fucking World? End of the Fucking World is shitty people doing shitty things to shitty people and kind of hard to watch at some points. Um, there's there's heart there, but everybody is so brain broken from the beginning that it's, I don't know, it it's a bummer more than it is sad. It's really compelling, but it's almost like if you took all of the joy out of Garden State, oh. that's what it feels like. Like hipster characters doing hipster things, but with way more murder and and complete lack of empathy. So that's one of the things you've been watching in the last like week and a half? Yeah. Yeah. Have you been watching anything funny? Well, I have, but before, the, before I go there, I do want to plug, um, you know, on what may be my last – normal day of work in the last uh you know over the next several months uh i wrote um like a 1700 word <laughs> document that i, th- I think I'm, i think django will probably throw up on facebook by the time it's this good. is we'll up have it up. we'll have it up in places um which is just the sort of the the 10 things that i recommend everyone check out uh this season's self-distancing or th- this self-distancing season yeah which uh, it's really funny Thank you. Um, but more dark, than that. But funny. Yeah, I w- but I tried really hard to not be dark in it. And yeah. at one point I mentioned The Walking Dead and I was like, I promised myself I wasn't going to mention this series. But I I wrote a thing about what I think are 10 really good ways to spend your time in the next month related to comic books. So uh, I want everyone to, you know, check out our Facebook or send us a message if you want that document. But um, put put a good amount of work into it. And it was a lot of fun to write. But uh, kind of, I, I mention it now just as a sort of the opposite end of what Django was saying. Of, of sort of like, maybe that's a good thing to watch, but not right now. So I, I wrote a thing about what are ten pieces of fiction that I think are are very good to get into right now. And Colette wrote some of it too, right? <clears throat> she she wrote one of the ten, yeah, uh, and, and she have, did a fantastic job. We have. Uh... And I thought it would be great, actually, as I was telling her about this, I was like, will you do this one? Because I think you would do this one better than me. And she's like, totally. And I was like, but I also really support everyone writing their own yeah. 10 list for you know self-distancing season. And I was like, but Django's would be 10 gritty, gross things to make <clears throat> you feel like while you're at your house, you're out <laughs> on the street walking through the virus. All right, fuck you. Uh, I would say... Um, anything by Mark Russell. Start with the Flintstones. Yeah, I almost right? put the Flintstones on the right? list. The Flintstones would be great on there. Um, Wonder Twins. Wonder Twins would be great on there. I would probably put some uh, Superman Smashes the Clan on there. Um, yeah. I would, I, if I had read this by that time, I would have. Although I was, late. I was you could have the top to, 11. I was trying to do things that had... I tried to write it for things that were built around if you could only buy one graphic novel and it was going to last a month. Right. So I put Final Crisis on there because you have to read it once, then you have to read it a second time, then you'd right. have to listen to our four-hour podcast about it, and then right. you have to read it right. again. Uh, my favorite thing is Monsters, I think, is a good yeah. contender for something like that. I could come up with 10 not-crime-or-virus comics that I like. Yeah. yeah. Probably. Well, but I also think that <clears throat> Jeff's way of getting through this is to focus on the most positive thing 
and trying to bring that to life. Right. I also think there is a very valid, equally real thing of people who want to be in their house. And like I read that the ninth most popular streaming thing on Netflix right now is a thing called like Contagion. You know, like people are yeah. drawn <clears throat> to fiction about this shit right now. So. I think I think that that's a national Netflix statistic. I think that we're in a place that is three days ahead of the rest of the country. Yeah. And I think that uh, I think it's going to be a lot less funny to a lot more people. See our up. intro <laughs> to the last week's podcast. Yeah. And, and <laughs> like, you know, you always make the best decision with the information that you have. And sometimes yeah. you make a joke that was funny yesterday and really f not funny today. Sometimes you make a joke that was super funny when you were in high school, and today you're just glad that YouTube's not around. Yeah. And, uh, you know, fuck y'all. Yeah, man, I have uh, tool tickets that got cancered. I got... I got... <laughs> they got cancered right in front of me. I got Rage Against the Machines tickets that got cancered. I got all, all sorts of great events that have been taken from me, so I hope, hope I get that money back, because I fucking need it right now. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um... Anyway, <clears throat> I think that's a really cool list that you made. Um, I think Lord Will and, and the Creeks Don't Rise will have a website that'll gather all those things, whether you want to buy it on the website or, or call us in the store or just... I've, I've had... <clears throat> track them down at the library. Oh, I've, they're closed. You can't go to the library or the museum. <laughs> I, I've had the luxury of, of getting to spend some time frankly doing things that everyone in this store has told me i need to do over the last six months and have not been able to do um Django, like read superman smashes the clan just chill the fuck out jeff and don't go to work and don't edit a podcast and don't just hang out on your couch and be bored if it helps sit on your hands yeah yeah give yourself a stranger um but uh but Django has like built a fucking website um so that people can order things through us and have accurate inventory and uh and can purchase things online that we will bring to them and it is going to be a really integral part of us staying afloat over the next two months so i'm predicting two months i hope it's not six months it might be six months who knows <laughs> it could be nine months but and if it is if we're allowed to we'll hand deliver to you yeah We'll even uh, we'll we'll get a yardstick and we'll have a loud conversation from a long box away from each other. Yeah, I've got a surprise delivery that's going out Tuesday to someone's house oh. just to to make sure they've got some comics to read. So nice. I just sent my brother ordered Walking Dead Volume. See, I knew there was four. people who are fucking looking for that shit right now. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Is yeah. like there are people who <clears throat> want to experience a more world-ending thing so to put this in perspective that's that's maybe part of it also i could see him just wanting to close the goddamn loop yeah because um, the last time he saw walking dead a bunch of our friends heads were on sticks at the end of compendium oh, three right. okay Thank right you. and so now compendium four is going to be the rest of the series for him so he ordered that and i just filled the rest of the the box up with good things to read whether it was like a jumping on volume four of elephant men because those aren't super serial yeah um or volume two of parker i just sent him a bunch of stuff because people need people need to escape yeah and actually a really cool thing that image has done is they've made like a hundred number one issues free to read um, oh so people should check that out and then <clears throat> if you like one of those free issues you know please hit us up 
will yeah. drive the volume to your house. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I got a Prius, so gas mileage is way less. Uh, we need those ten bucks at a time, so we'll we'll yeah. we'll drive anything to anybody. And more than that, we need you to like still enjoy comics. Yeah, that's the thing is, you know, I guess at this job which I've been at for a long time now, Django too. Like I just consider us ambassadors of comics. Yeah, we whether we're making money or not, the most important <clears throat> thing is just for us. That's what this podcast is about: is just like advertise people enjoying comics so that uh, other people will feel encouraged to enjoy comics because they're like one of the most joyful pure things that i have in my life uh it's so so good except for stuffed bears <clears throat> do you want to start a radio drama while we're all sequestered so it occurred to me it would be fun to be in separate rooms and both of us crack issues at the first time and alternate <clears throat> reading text bubbles over an, an online audio thing for us okay you're <laughs> You're not on Facebook, but I might have created a monster. Oh no! Do you remember the like the Facebook statement that I put up? I don't think we've got it on our website yet, but it probably will be by the time you hear this. Um, <clears throat> it was just a, a thing like, "Here's what we're doing about the virus. We're cutting our hours. We're doing delivery. Yeah, yeah. We're doing curbside pickup. We're working on a website, and you know, all that." Um, and then at the end, I told some joke about how I'm working on a website. And Roman is working on a Plastic Man fifteen hour fifteen cassettes of him reading Plastic Man comics out loud. And uh, Travis Royal said that he wants us to have an Alexa. Uh, what is it like a, an, an Alexa? A home task, an Alexa okay. skill. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you guys need to have an Alexa skill so that we can just ask Roman to start reading to us. And I said, you build it. We'll use it. And he sent a screenshot of a halfway built Alexa skill of Roman reading Plastic Man. Wow. So we're going to have to get Roman to read some Plastic Man out loud. It's a good thing <clears> that <throat> Kyle Baker, Plastic Man, big collection's coming out. Well, we don't need the collection. I got the issues he can oh, borrow. Great. Kyle Baker's one of my boys. That's true. Yeah. I, I made, I grabbed the issues of Superman Smashes the Clan. And I made sure to grab the Kyle Baker oh, cover man. of number one just just because I'm I am that fond of Kyle Baker just because my friend is that fond of Kyle. There I'm not are gonna... some parts of that picture that are great, and some parts that are fucking crazy. Whatever's going on with that kid's face, it's another kid's hand this on one? the side of his face, yes. and it just looks like he's got boils. Yeah, um, Kyle Baker does that. Why is Kyle Baker responsible for the Walt Disney signature? responsible for it did he draw that what are you talking about i don't know man the the walt disney signature yeah. is the same as kyle baker oh like he that... stole it he just stole the font no he just he just copied it like that's he's he's been using kind of 40s and 50s signatures and, and logos for a while just like i thought he'd created walt disney's signature <clears throat> um okay <laughs> Django. let's fucking talk about a light-hearted thing that i started watching that we've almost talked about. We've given up the ghost on several times here. Um, oh, I wish you weren't so awkward, bud. Bud, um, <laughs> I started watching Letterkenny, which is a Canadian uh, television show uh, that I, you know, you hear different people recommend different things at different times. To me, I have I have a weird system built up where if my best friend Danny says he likes something, I'll probably check it out. And when Django, you know, 
kind shouts at you enough when, about when, it? When when business counterpart best buddy Django <laughs> says check something out, I'll also probably check it out. But they listen and watch and read entirely different things. So when both of those people tell me I should check something out. I'm going to check it out. And then if you go to Comics Pro and everyone you want to be friends with is having <laughs> tangential conversations about something, you realize that you're like, you you're know, behind. the yeah, you're behind. So I, I went home from Comics Pro and I started watching Letterkenny. I'm on like season four now. Oh, good. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff, bud. But most importantly, the, the several minute intro about them talking about appropriate farting. Oh, yeah. Bud... Bud, they draw some lines when he's just, just like, what's an acceptable show. fart? And he's like, this isn't acceptable. This isn't. And I was like, every one of these is a thing that Django has done to me. And I like farts, but also there's got to be some modicum of like, you know, like what is acceptable. And it's not acceptable to fart in a tiny space right in front of somebody when you know they're about to walk behind your butt. It's not acceptable, bud. Well, all right. To be fair. To be fair. I think we're together enough. No, there's no justification. It's like, oh, because we're together. No, it's like that's the punishment. Because we're together enough, you have to bear these things. Farts happen. Yeah, bud, they buddy. do. And uh, I got to say, I'm not. Maybe I just like the, the way my own farts smell. But I don't believe that you Tuesday like Tuesday mornings in this tiny room that we're in right now, this room is not 300 square feet. No. And you have fouled. The entire thing, more than once. Yeah, I got I got sort of sad in consolation face right now. Yeah, you're right. I've done yeah. that. So on Tuesdays only, though. Sure, we're only in this room like that on Tuesdays. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I will absolutely cop to that, but I won't take a hundred percent of the credit for inappropriate times of farting. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yes, that has happened, and and I have fouled up a room or two. But if it's we were just to... this one room over and over and over, yeah, but that's like that's a seventh of our time together. I think that I okay. First of all, and I think that we can agree like half of our time. I think together. that we can agree it's less frequent than it used to be. I think my guts have switched around. You are a much healthier person than you were eight months ago. Eight yeah. months ago, there was a two-year period probably where on Tuesday mornings. My farts smell. I thought powerful. you were dying. <laughs> Why didn't you ever tell me I needed to go to a doctor then, bud? I pretty sure I did, but I don't know if you could <laughs> hear me over the smell. <laughs> but you do it. You do it. So, like, you will walk into this room for after having been other places for a long time, and you would just come in, grab a thing rip the most heinous ass and then leave the room and it's like you saved it specifically for this spot <laughs> it's, that's the, I, I don't have a motive there I, I don't believe you I, unless you just consider me a safe person to be to fart around in which case take me off the list <laughs> <laughs> that's probably part of it but also walking upstairs just kind of yeah. jogs everything for me you it, do it like in our workspace downstairs as well well you know standing in one place all the jogs it for me <laughs> It's just, I've like never put quite a critical stance, but there are a lot of times where I'm like, you could have done that anywhere else and displayed some amount of concern for anybody else. And, uh, and they just, they start, they like, you know, dude that I'm in love with goes on a set of rules about what is an acceptable and unacceptable fart. And I finished that and I was like, I've never 
needed to talk to Django about something so bad. Like I've never had all of my thoughts perfectly confirmed and conveyed elsewhere. Which is that like episode two or three where they where they work on fart book? Yeah, early on they're talking about fart book, but like early on in season three, okay, is when the rules for acceptable farting because it's when they're in. It's season three is the first winter season, okay, and they're in their ice fishing hut. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I've watched eight seasons of that and recently started over from the beginning. It's real good. <clears throat> it is real good. And so I got to get to that episode again because I think I pumped eight seasons of Letterkenny into my brain in maybe four weeks. You can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's 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 a quick feed and it you miss a lot. Unless God. you're paying super close attention, you miss a lot. I love television shows with 20 to 30 minute episodes. It's so good. It's so easy to watch them. <clears throat> and like the thing about that show is when I started it, Episode one is pretty different from everything after it. Like well, it sets everything two. up pretty yeah. well, but but it's pretty different. And in the beginning, most of the first season, I was like, man, I don't like these the the uh, losers, the drug dealers, the ravers. Yeah, and I don't really like the the, the Dgens. No, it's not Dgens. Dgens are like the, the, Hicks, the fighters, the ravers, <clears throat> and. The jocks. The jocks, yeah. And and I don't like the jocks that much. And I do. By the I like time season two rolls around, you're like, all right. I don't like these parts about these guys as much, but I like these people just as much as I did. Dude, main raver guy is yeah. like Gerard Way. Sturt? Is, is Sturt? That, is that? Yeah, yeah, Stuart, yeah. who has Sturt. the huge cock. Yeah. But he is like Gerard Way. Umbrella Academy, Mike Campbell. Yeah. Like he looks like an angel. Mm-hmm. He looks like a a fallen angel. Even like, when you're he's so all like pretty. Even when he's meth scabby, yeah. he's beautiful. He's like, I could watch him do anything because he's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. He's a gorgeous <laughs> man, and yeah, like, but no, I the Hicks whose names I I can't remember anyone's names in the show, but well, Daryl, they're Derry. Derry, Derry, yeah, and then Wayne is the main guy who main I just guy. think is the <laughs> most admirable dad figure ever and one of the main creators and writers yeah yeah right and, and uh, then the big guy squirrely dan squirrely dan who squirrely is you dan. yeah oh is he because he farts man he's oh, the fart he guy he's the guy who had to make the rules about farting <laughs> i uh i love what a crush he has on the sister dude this criminally attractive sister she's gorgeous and hilarious and, and it's like smart it's a fucking and... slap in the face how offensively perfect they make that character yeah because it's there's no negative fucking everything about her is yeah is awesome yeah and and i feel that way about wayne as well like i yeah. yeah i I love him so much. But I finally got to the episode about the poop in the mouth or the pee in the the nose, the pee in the mouth. (laughs) And it's my favorite. Like, Wayne just unable to, like, what, what, why? Short circuited. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so good. I, you know, we could, uh, yeah, maybe we'll just keep talking about Letterkenny, but I, this is an active advertisement for Letterkenny. If you've not watched it, it's a great thing. Power through the first two episodes because I found myself a little bit frustrated. Just because I couldn't quite track what that was another thing like, that made what me. What are they that, saying? Or the Matthew Rosenberg comic book when I brought up like he did such a good job of making sure you never question why you're ever going anywhere. Right. Those first two episodes, I was like, wait, why are we fighting again? What is this? <clears throat> well, and the first two episodes also have like some language that doesn't hold up. Um, like they they. There, there's some instances somebody calling somebody a Thai lady boy or something like that. There's like, some offensive stuff, but they, not, they really not get over something that. you say, but it's 
by by the time you get just a couple more episodes in, you realize that everybody involved has good intentions for the Schultzy. characters. Yeah. <laughs> Pussy Schultzy. Yeah. <laughs> the hockey players, the fucking, the line of dialogue that goes from one person to the next of the six hockey players is like, I never get tired of it. Even when they yeah. do it three times in a row and you've spent six minutes watching it happen. Well, yeah, there's, there's a cadence to the whole thing and they waste so much time just repeating things and hammering a joke into the ground. The, the puns in there are amazing. The, the beginning of season two or three, and then a few seasons after that, episode one of each season gives you a recap, but it gives you a recap in alphabetical order from A to Z. It's lexically amazing. It's lexically one of the most incredible things I've ever heard. And the fact that you like that and don't let me chant on this goddamn podcast is a crime. Well, two-thirds of the way through Do I need that, to close my eyes most of the way for you to Two-thirds of the way it? through them doing that, I'm done with them doing it. Oh. And the reason that I don't like your chance is because I don't know what you want from me when you're doing it. Just rapt attention. And I don't have that. So I cannot I, I feel fake. <clears throat> it's it is it is not that I dislike your chance. It is that like I have a personality meltdown. <laughs> it's that like I can't this is... It's either that like I need to pretend to give somebody attention, but I don't want to give this attention, but I feel like I'm being rude to ignore it, and I don't want to be rude, and the only safe response I can have is very vocal disdain, because I want, I definitely want someone who thinks they're being clever to be rewarded, but that's not clever, and you're punishing me, so fuck you. So this is where the ocean of Jeff Lemire... Hits the the, the, the stone. It, no, it's not even the sand. It's 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 the stone cliff of Jonathan, of Jonathan Hickman, and and that's uh, what most of our working shifts together are. <laughs> the, the the shore washing up against the stone cliff. The uh, we talked about the shit on the outside of our toilet. In I the, mean, on the podcast, right? I don't think so. You have sent that video clip. No, to no, 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 no. Everyone in the world. In our store, we oh. had shit on the outside of our toilet. We did. And like three weeks later, I got to the episode of Letter Kenny where they're talking about exactly that. And I, yeah, I have sent it to everybody in the world. I have watched it probably three dozen times with people. Nobody, like, if you show somebody the, the rules of farting, you probably got like a 70% appreciate, 30% don't. It doesn't click with yeah, them. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I haven't found a single person who can't appreciate every second of that shit on the outside of the toilet clip yeah it's it's like episode it's three premiere episode of episode three of episode of season eight i think it's the maybe the first episode is it whatever it is um it's the uh open my text like i was gonna be able to find that you like we don't text (laughs) each other a hundred times a fucking day it's the the yard sale or the the junk sale episode of season eight anyway I don't know if this is a separate episode, just like the Letter Kenny, like the Jack Off the Guys at Letter Kenny episode, or if if we just put a disclaimer at the beginning no, of the episode that says if I it's just, okay to pause it at at minute whatever. I think our intro worked enough. Like generally, I would be really insecure <clears throat> about releasing a large podcast like this where we're just rambling at the end, but this is specifically to give people a titan of a thing to get through while they're playing Zelda Breath of the Wild, which is what I have started playing again. Ooh, should I start video games during this? 
I don't know what video games you would like, but what I'm going to start doing <clears throat> is Gundam modeling, which really? is I have some Gundam models I haven't assembled that my brother-in-law picked me up in Japan. Um, in the way that you do Legos, <clears throat> Gundam modeling is very similar to that for me. I wonder um, if Legos shipping. That's a good question. I bet you could get some some cheap Legos. You could get some cheap plane tickets to anywhere in the world. Refundable from some of the airlines. Nice. <clears throat> yeah. Seventy bucks to Scotland round trip. Really? No, but no. I'm trying to get to Scotland. <laughs> it's, you know, it's like the bummer about this is I feel like we are exactly successful enough monetarily as a business and as people to not Speak for yourself, be bro. completely panicked right this second. Right? <clears throat> like, it's worrisome. It's not a complete panic. Some people make enough money that they can look at this yeah. as an investment opportunity. In fact, yeah. if anybody wants to buy 20,000 20, comic books in boxes... We won't even look at them. Won't even look at them. I'll let, just... you, I'll let you come in and, and if, if you don't open the lids... We'll sell them to you for a good price. There's some good stuff in there. Yeah, there's valuable comics in boxes, and if you want them at a fixed price, we'll sell them right now because we need some your, cash flow. Your statement right now about us being exactly financially comfortable enough is a confident statement given the guy that we started this podcast with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, confident right this minute that I have enough groceries. I didn't have to bend over backwards to buy a few weeks' worth of groceries. Man, Sam is right. my partner is uh, out of work until <clears throat> schools and adults' services are opened up again. Like, given the announcement that we just got tonight, we're out we of might business. not yeah. be very far behind. <laughs> yeah, really. Like, restaurants are not allowed to be open for dine-in, and is non-essential retail next? And I would support it. I don't know that we can justify just doing it. But, but here, here <clears throat> is the thing. We are blessed that our industry is built on subscription services. Mm -hmm. And while we are constantly trying to get people to sign up for things that they don't because we order things to be able to be bought off the stand, the fact that a lot of people have committed to buying things means we can close the store and trust that a good portion of these books will still be purchased. Yeah. that That's, like, incredible. So if you're listening to this, like... If you have the ability to call in and ring up over the phone your file, you cannot understand what uh, like a necessary and grateful thing that is for us. We've had a handful of people do it just today, yeah. and every single time it's a big relief because that means that it's it's us getting something to somebody, but it's also us not having to put those comics back on the shelf because that's that's when we pay an for amount money of a it. worry with every single comic that we get in yep. is that somebody won't show up to pick up their comics and it happens it happens more than we like to tell people and we've come up with a lot of systems that are pretty good at dealing with it um, this is this is a completely new situation and uh, everybody who who buys comics and and can call their local comic shop like not even just us. It's That's, not us. That article I wrote, I just like, this is stuff that if you're local, get it from us. Yeah. But also, if you're reading this elsewhere, your local comic <clears throat> store will have these books. Yeah. And 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 I think not only comic stores, like it's super important to keep other businesses yeah. in mind. Because if there's any, if, if you did a special order at Barnes & Noble, like I don't care if they're a national chain, buy your book. 
man. Like if yeah. if if you if somebody trusted you enough to do a special order for you, generally I would think you were kind of an underwhelming person if you didn't pick it up. Yeah. Right now I would say you're just a jerk well, for and not picking it up. What I would say is that all of us are going to be looking to fill our time in different ways right now. And I get, I get people wanting to go to Amazon all the time. Like being a part of retail stores, I get that. And I don't, I don't hate people for doing that when they're in the store looking at like, well, what's that worth on Amazon? And it's less, but right now, um, if you want to get something that a comic shop or any store might have, but speaking to us personally, um, call us, we will get it to you. We'll make sure you can have it. We can probably do it faster than Amazon right now. And we'll drive out there. But local business needs your support right now more than Amazon does. And we have hot sauce and coffee. So hot like, there's sauce no and excuse. Coffee. Yeah. Zero excuse. Yeah. And Until we run out of coffee and hot sauce. We got coffee, hot sauce, and toilet paper. <clears throat> oh, don't tell them about the toilet paper. We'll get looted. Okay. Never mind. We don't have it. Or were you talking about the, like, toilet popper? Were you talking about the, like, the... X Force comics that we have in that That's box. That's what I mean. Over yeah, we, we just okay. we just have a whole bunch of copies of polybagged X Force number ones with trading cards still in them. Don't tear open the cable ones because they're worth like a nickel more. Okay. Um, what else <coughs> do we got? Was there have we? Is there any other fiction in the world we've we've engaged in lately? In any oh, stuff gosh. worth talking about? Um, I mean, I don't know, man. I've I've engaged in a lot of fiction. I'm addicted to this uh, balls game. That you just shoot balls at a at blocks that have points, and you got to hit the block with enough balls to reduce it to zero this is points. An iPhone game? Yeah, it's it's a problem. I could probably <laughs> lose a week and a half to this thing. I'm at level 250. I've um, seen you get into uh, iPhone games in the past. Yeah, it's like this in 2084. Yeah, that one. Um, somebody's gonna get like one billion in 2084 pl- this next six months. Um, or two months or whatever it takes. But uh, I don't know, man. I, I've got I've got nothing else. I mean, I, I read a lot of comics. I'm looking forward to finishing the website enough for us to launch so that I can probably finish Akira is going to be on my list. Mm, um, I've, got volume, I've got volume two at home. I liked volume one quite a bit. Um, I'm Akira is close enough to what's going on right now after volume two or three like the apocalypse happens in that book um that i'm a little worried to get there but if you let me know if that's a thing that starts making your reading pile because i'll get in it okay um but the boys is now the boys is looking good to you huh i'm like man as weird as it makes me feel to say this is all really horrible this whole situation is pretty horrible but I think it was only going to be a situation like this that would have allowed me to get through some of the backlog of things I wanted to read that I want to read. Yeah, I guess I'm open to suggestions. Like, Akira was a really good suggestion from you. And I'm definitely missing some very basic comic book reading. Like, Well, maybe let's open that up to our listeners. Yeah. yeah. Like, we're, like, over this next month or two, when the world is just really, we don't know what's going to happen, um, and it's both scary and liberating... Let us know your suggestions. I think Django and I would, if we have enough time, we'll read anything and do a podcast about it. And if you don't have any infections, we'll do it with you. 
Sure. Or we'll Skype you in. Yeah, that's do. easy. We can get a Skype in. You, can, you got a fever? Skype in. We'll Skype you in. Have a good convo. <laughs> Tired of getting rain in your coffee? Skype in. Put a lid on it. Oh, yeah. Straight top. Straight from Cobra. Cobra, I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, you know, I, that's the thing that I'm most excited about is just reading comic books. Like over the God next... Loves, Man Kills? I got to read that. Oh, yeah. But they're... They're putting out deluxe editions of those issues starting we, soon. We have the original one. I'd rather read that anyway. Yeah, but it's got pages of unreleased written <clears throat> script and art. I'll look at that when it comes in. But like next week. I just love old old versions of things. And I, I do too. We've got them. Um, before <clears throat> we get out of here, you spent a little bit of time, but I'm just going to go through this coming week's invoice and talk about what I'm excited about to oh, hopefully yeah. drum up some interest in people <clears throat> uh, ordering their comics online. I wonder if... Gosh, could we do a 24-hour fundraiser for live our stream, shop? Live stream podcast? I would do anything not, with you for 24 hours, Jane. Maybe for our shop, but maybe more importantly for something that's not us. That's true. I mean... Hospitals <clears throat> need help. We don't have any masks, but we have comic books. Yeah, I don't. I don't know where money would go right now. Uh, this is why we don't brainstorm on the podcast. We do brainstorm <laughs> on the podcast, and it always ends up like this. Okay, I'm going down alphabetically. It's like um, three three coffee cups full of scotch, and okay. we start brainstorming. We got bang number two <clears throat> this coming week. Ooh, I'm into that. Yeah. I'll read that. I still haven't read number one, but I'll read one and two together. Oh, hey, you can catch up on number one, two, three, four on a bunch of shit, buddy. We got Batman 91, which I loved, <laughs> uh, you know, Batman 90. We talked about that on this podcast. Um, Batman Universe hardcover, Django and Ryan Russell, one of their books of the year. It was so good. I didn't read it, we so have, I'm going to read it. We have a Batman Universe bundle right now that I'm astounded hasn't sold because it is it, like Nick Darrington was magically one of my favorite artists from our end of the year list two years ago. And I that think. was Co- mostly best cover artist. from cover art. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and his his art in that series is some of the best stuff I've ever seen. We got Deceased Unkillables, <clears throat> number two. I loved number one. Oh, yeah. Number one was great. Um, <clears throat> Excalibur, Fantastic Four, Far Sector. Um, gosh, Guardians of the Galaxy, number three. I haven't read number two yet. want to. Hotel, you... number one. Which <clears throat> yeah, is what the... can you tell me about Hotel? That's uh, the first issue from that new publisher. There's a lot of them, buddy. AWA, the oh, dude okay. that started the Ultimate Universe. Oh, right. That people are skeptical. <clears throat> okay. Um, Immortal Hulk trade. Yeah, <clears throat> people want to read that. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> let's see here. M. Ooh, Middle West. Nightwing. I hear Nightwing's actually coming back. Oh yeah. Is this Nightwing seventy? Nobody's going to be able to get that. Is this Nightwing seventy? It's, it's an unannounced chapter in the Joker War. Oh, so it's that hasn't even hot. started yet. Yeah. Well, it it does this week. Are you sure that seventy <clears throat> is that issue? Yeah. Okay. It's it's a speculator thing. Thanks, DC. Everyone's fucking homeless right now, and yeah. you're just helping motherfuckers out. <clears throat> uh, what is Red Border? Uh, it's like Red Mother, but it's the line. Oh, Robin 80th anniversary. Uh, the big oh, yeah. the big Robin <clears throat> issue. So following the Action 1000, Detective 1000, Flash 750, Wonder Woman 750. Now they're just doing 80th anniversary. So Robin's got one you with some gorgeous plunge colors. Plunge number two. Yeah, we, I didn't read Plunge number one. Dude, so. you gotta read Plunge number one, buddy. It's a lot of words, but it's it's yeah. You're it's right. Good That's characters. the Joe Hill one, right? It's good characters. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Really good. 
Uh, Saint <clears throat> Youngman Volume Two, which is a manga about Buddha and Jesus living together. Ooh, Star uh, Wars number four. <laughs> I got to read number three. Um, a big release is Spider Woman number one. Oh yeah, David Gabriel's a huge fan of Spider Woman. He is, and I'm a huge fan of him. Yeah, you are. It's because he remembered your name. Yeah, he did. Goes a long way. It does. I got low <laughs> ego, man. He, uh, what's your last name? Figley. <laughs> uh, DeGabriel. Okay, we're unfortunately nearing <clears throat> the end of this list, which I shouldn't tell people. Well, you're doing it alphabetically, so... Yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, X-Ray Robot. <laughs> the new Mike Allred written and drawn book. That's great. And X-Force. That's great. You're the villain. Hell Arisen number four. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I tell you what I'm actually really excited about. Um, the X-Men Milestones trade paperback from Messiah Complex, which is a book I've wanted to read for a long time. It's been out of print for a long time, and they pushed back the release of that. So um, X-Men Milestones Messiah Complex. We've got two coming in. Tell us you want one if you want one, because one might go home with Jeff if you don't. <laughs> Undone by Blood number two. Um, Have you stayed current on Undiscovered Country? Yeah. Is this, You've read all four issues? Number three, I think. Or number four was my favorite. It was at the time, like they introduced the time complexities. That was number three, I think. Okay. Number four, everything just kind of gelled. Like you were super off balance for the first two. And I think number three, maybe they finished up most of the origin stories of the characters. Because there's like nine people who are in the undiscovered country and they had to give them four pages each over the course of three or four issues. Okay. But the fourth one, everything kind of clicked and a lot of the conspiracies and and weird relationships gelled for me. And uh, it, it finally paid off. Like I wasn't sure. I really like all the creators involved. But those first couple of issues... I don't know, man. One of those guys is writing too many words on his pages. <laughs> and and it just like every time I looked at it, I'd be like, oh, I guess I guess I'll read it. And it was a chore to get through, but it started to pay off now. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's some good actually collections coming out this coming week. So uh, it seems like a big collection week. But gosh, let us know. Yeah. We can use the help, but also we'll be okay. That was the weirdest, <coughs> weirdest message ever. Ignore what I just said, everyone. No, it, it's I'm not going to edit this, though. It's true. Like, the, Support local business, support basically, local across business. the board, we're, if you can. We're in a really uncertain time. And if, like, your, your food and your family and living situation comes first. 100% and, always. And I would hope that your favorite local businesses come second. And if we're on that list, awesome. If we're not on that list, that's cool, too. Like... Every business has worked really hard to gain your trust and your support. And this is the time that you can pay it forward if you're able. And if you're not able, um, you know, like like Jeff said the other day on Thursday or fr on Friday, we had a lot of people come in and buy gift certificates for the future. And that's super cool. Since Friday, we've had zero people do that. And that's fine. Like that's that's totally fair. I would expect that that kind of uh, graph to come out of just kind of the the zeitgeist, um, and I think that I think we're going to see a lot of business the last few days. I think it's going to drop off suddenly, mm -hmm. and I think that it's 
I mean, put as much importance as you want onto the idea of supporting the businesses that you like while they're closed, because this is all a temporary thing. Um, we just don't know how temporary. And our intent is not to get into a situation where we can't be open when we want to be open or when we're able to be open. Um, but it, our, our, our other major factor in everything that we do in the next, you know, weeks and months is doing it responsibly in a way that helps, you know, put as few people in the hospital at a time. Whoa. So you got some very good truths right now and I, I'm loving it. And listen, you and I are two guys <laughs> who walk a line often where um, Jeff is generally neurotic and you ground him. I'm the neurotic one the right time. now, Jeff. And 10% of the time, Django gets neurotic and he needs a little grounding. And this is one of those 10% of the times. Yes, we can talk about Italy or we can talk about China, who is now able to donate um, all of their excess uh, support to other countries because they're no, they, they have flattened the curve. Listen. That's where I was going. We're we going to get on the like other China. side. Of, we're going to be on the other side of it. But what we can focus on right now is uh, staying home. Not spreading a disease, supporting the people that we love, supporting the people that we care about. And I think that the way that I always operate is that there's a lot of negative to focus on and never ignore that to a detriment. But there is a lot of positive to focus on. And, you know, if you're on Reddit, yeah, there's a lot of shitty stuff in our Washington, but there's also a lot of stuff in our uplifting news. So balance that stuff. Who yes. are we? Did we just switch bodies? Is this <clears throat> is this Freaky Sunday? <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like you know, I one of the things that makes me feel incredibly blessed right now is that Django and I are, are swimming in comic books. And every time in my life for the last ten years that I have felt like life was too much to bear, I have turned to comic books and I've gotten through all of it. So I'm glad to have that, and I'm very very grateful to be somebody that if anyone needs. That medicine that has worked for me in my life, we will get that to you. Call us. Call call the shop number, which is 360-733-2224. That's different than the podcast <clears throat> phone line, which is 1-619-663-7336. Call either one of those, and we will get you comic books because I do believe that that is a, is a fantastic way to weather a storm. Um, I think that... Focusing on the helpers and what we can do for everybody is the most important thing we can do. I hope that this small three-hour period in your life <laughs> helped you at all if you're at this point in the podcast. I hope it didn't feel too much like an NPR telethon. No, it's just too good. Like, all of the podcasts are this long. We just edit them down to an hour and 15 minutes. Jeff is a superhero, by the way. But you have no idea how much of my – well – Suddenly, everybody knows how much bullshit I throw at you every week. I do want everyone to know that um, unless unless we hear otherwise, I think that we'll probably be doing this type of thing each week on the podcast until business is open back up. Because I think that one of the one of the things that I can do that costs me nothing that might mean something to somebody is to hang out in here and record 
and not edit to my neurotic level and and hopefully hopefully people appreciate having three hours of content as and opposed to an hour and 15 even though there's now an hour of garbage in the middle of all of it no nah, it's fine you know what we can do <laughs> is just put business in the front and party in the rear so it's like, like the mullet cast, the mullet cast. pap cast mullet edition. pap cast mullet edition we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna give you the regular podcast as tight as we can as like like reviewing weekly comics and then we're just gonna hang out that's not a guarantee that's a pitch for the for the mullet cast. i love it but i think that at about an hour and 15 minutes into this cast you could have quit and it would have been your normal thing suckers um oh wow roman just sent a, a message to the two of us that says here's some thoughts of his um but maybe it's not actually for this podcast. So never I think mind. that's for us. Yep, never mind. That's just a private thing. Um, I can't believe that he's going to do that with that animal. Oh my god, it's a raccoon. They're only a... they're only pets like one percent of the time. Yeah, and they're rabies the rest of the time. <laughs> he hasn't been worried about rabies for a long time. Uh, it's cool that we had a Hawkeye free fall number four to talk about because I know a customer who needs one. Listen, <clears throat> we can't thank you all enough. Um, and what happens over the next couple months is going to be us and you. So thank you very much for everything that everyone has done for us up to this point and for everything that everyone will do because I have absolute faith that we're all going to weather this storm and I have absolute faith that um, society and people and government will allow everyone to do what they need to over the next two months and then we're all going to get out of this okay. So just take care of yourselves, take care of your families, like Django said, your food, your family, and your home comes first and then after that, um, think about Jeff and Django. Think about whatever business you love. Yeah, honestly, Dragon River <laughs> is on my mind, fucking yeah. a, lot of, a lot of stuff. So, it's been incredibly moving to this point. So thank you all a, a ton. And on that note, this is Jeff signing out. Oh, don't sign off. Don't sign off. That sounds like you're dying in a movie. No, no, no. I'll still be around. Anyone can call oh, okay. call us at any point. Lots of you have my phone number, in fact. <laughs> if you don't have it, text me. I've got it. <laughs> uh, I'm Jeff, and you can reach me after texting Django. I'm Django, and if you text me, I'll cut you. <laughs>